You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. And we had to get started on this podcast immediately because we were having a pre-podcast conversation about the Red Sox, and I, I thought Tyler was gonna make a mess in his pants. I thought Tyler was gonna make a mess in his pants, and I was like, Jake, please, please hit record. Because we can't have this happen off the year. We have to have it happen on the podcast. Uh, I will say this. I was wrong. I was wrong. Hand you up. were. Hand up. I Jake, was wrong. While we're sitting here, put your hand up too. Nope. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, my hand sure isn't going I mean, up. Put it this, uh, Jake could have been right. Jake could have been right. I mean, that first Nick game. Pavetta could pitch. It was cold out. I was there. It was fucking cold. It was cold out. So I'm going to give Nick Pavetta a pass for uh, Friday night. But the next two games, could this could have been, a, I don't want to say catastrophic. This could have been a really bad, really frustrating series for the Boston Red Sox. Turns out it is another series victory for the Boston Red Sox who finish yes. the month of April with a winning record. This is for all the people that don't like the positivity horn. This is all, oh, oh, the bit's up. The bit's up. Guess what, you fucking losers? It's not a bit. It's a lifestyle. The positivity horn is going to be riding the wave for the entire 2023 Boston Red Sox season for as long as the Red Sox continue. One more time, Tyler. For as long as the Red Sox keep winning series, they keep winning games. And right now, we are putting the final chance after to bed on April. April's done. Boston Red Sox have played, what, nine series? They've won six of them, Tyler? Four out of five. Four out of five. Hey, this is a fucking great time to be a Boston Red Sox fan. They've got a winning record. The Yankees, by the way, this is this is another thing, and I, 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 you've noticed this about me, right, on Twitter. I haven't been, I haven't been picking on the Yankees. I haven't done that. No, Jared, you've been, I feel like, trying to be respectful of where the Red Sox are. And, you know, we heard all the hype, right? The Yankees, all this pitching, you know, Carlos Rodon, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, like, mm-hmm. look at this Yankees team. And I think out of respect, you went and said, hey, I'm not going to make fun of them. I kind of realize where the Red Sox are. I'm going to take a step back. Yeah. So there's no way, like, where, where are the Yankees, Jared? What, what's their record right now? They're in last place. What? They're a last place franchise. Yes. And I, and I want to say, because in fairness, they are they're tied I want to say they're above the Red Sox because of percentage points, but they're tied. They're uh, right now the New York Yankees. Oh, no, the percentage points are the same. Okay. These are two 15 and 14 franchises right now. Uh, They are tied for last place, but the Boston Red Sox have a better run differential than than the New York Yankees. So they're, they're the worst of the last place teams. You mean the Yankees and their fans who laughed mm-hmm. at Red Sox fans all winter and called them yep. absolute garbage and that they'd be out of the race? You know, yeah. by the end of April, they had no chance. They're the same as the Boston Red Sox, and they played Francho Cordero on their big league team a majority of that. April. He did get demoted, in fairness, but they did try that out. They did. 
Uh, also, if if the Yankees lose their next game by three runs or more, they will be they will have a negative run differential in the month of May. So I listen. I I told you I read the Reddit, the Section Ten Reddit, which by the way I I made this point to Tyler. This is his second season uh, with us, but we've been doing this show since 2015, and I think the Reddit probably popped up 2017 ish around there. This is the most active it's ever been. People are just, I mean, there's there's like fucking 10 threads a day. It's hard to keep up, but we love our fans. We love the listeners. And there was one thread in there since our last recording that was like, why, why isn't Jared trolling the Yankees? It's all part of the plan. It's everything is methodical. Nothing is done without thought and purpose. So I'm not saying I'll never do it again. I'm just saying I'm not doing it right now because I know where we're at and I know where they're at. And Unlike some Yankee fans, I have class. I'm not going to kick anyone while they're down. That's not my MO. Then I know where we're at. And I know where they're at. But right now, right now we're neck and neck. So it, it don't go out and try to say, oh, well, the Yankees, look at all our injuries. Hey, look at what the Red Sox are going through yeah. right now. Kenley Jansen's walking off the mound yesterday, holding back. his back. He can barely yeah. get to the dugout. You know, we'll mm-hmm. hit Whitlock, but Whitlock's down at this point. Yep. There's been Duvall, like story before the season even started. Jolie mm-hmm. Rodriguez. Red Sox have been going through it too, but hey, they've shown up. Yeah. And isn't it odd? And I made this point on Twitter probably, I don't know, a week or so ago that I was like, well, the Red Sox and Yankees are having like very similar seasons, like record wise, but I feel great about my team. And they're just all the Yankee fans are like, this is the most miserable season of all time. Oh, this team's unwatchable. They're so boring. Oh, I'm not even watching. That's why I have no respect for bandwagon fans like that. The ones that jump off. The ones that jump on, fine. Yeah, come on. Join the fun. But the ones that jump off, no respect for those people. And the Yankee fans, there's plenty of those. They are out there saying, I can't even watch this team. I've very much enjoyed watching the Boston Red Sox so far this year. There's been a lot of like kicks in the ball. Like That's the other thing, too. I take that back. When the Red Sox have lost, there haven't been a ton of like kicking the dick losses. There's just been a lot of like, man, you know, fucking Brazier again. You know, like you just like it's 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 losses like that versus like Kenley giving up a fucking grand slam in the in the ninth inning. It's like, oh, fuck. Like that's a kick in the dick because he usually gets a job done. Even the games that Kenley, the one game that Kenley couldn't get the job done. It wasn't on him. That was on Brazier. And, and you move on. and You don't put that on Kenley. And everyone felt that way. No one was like, oh, man, here we go. Fucking Kenley Jansen. No. So, yeah, I very much have enjoyed my viewing experience to start the year with the Red Sox. And it's just it's it's interesting how two teams can have the same record and two different fan bases can just feel completely differently about their teams. So I think obviously part of it, and like you said, it's a different aspirations, right? The Yankees think they're World Series contenders. We're looking at the Red Sox and we're saying, hey, let's just compete for a wild card spot. Let's play important baseball in September. But I think the other part of it is how the Red Sox have handled the beginning of the year who are, you know, the Red Sox are tied for first in comeback wins right now across all of baseball with 10. That's 10 times they've come back and found a way with starting pitching, letting them down and having to figure it out as they went tied for first and walk offs with three. Verdugo has two of them. And yeah. we're seeing a team with the Red Sox. Yeah, it's been very up and down. And there's been moments where, you know, you're like, oh, they should have won that game or they could be in a, be in a even better spot. But hey. Like this Red Sox team has something special to them. They have a fight, a character that core is recognizing that new leaders in the clubhouse are stepping up and talking about that saving careers like Jaron Duran coming out of you know nowhere this year and blossoming in front of us and changing the whole idea how we view this team. 
that's what makes this Red Sox team so exciting right now and so fun to talk about. And I think this is everything you could ask for if we were going to, you know, skip to May 1st and say, like, if everything can go and make us want to talk about this team and not hate the world like we did last year, this is kind of what the picture would, would, would you know, look like. Yeah. And I we're going to talk about Jaron Duran on this podcast because I do have some thoughts um, as it pertains to him. I will say. There was a conversation that was had at Fenway hmm. Park on Friday between myself and Jaron Duran um, that may lead to some some things uh, next soon. Month. Very soon. Ooh. Very soon. Yeah. May lead to some things for the for the people who listen to this podcast. Maybe answering some uh, questions he hasn't been asked before. Just hasn't had the opportunity to really kind of touch on. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, you know, Jaron is a guy that uh, he's a very interesting cat. He's got a very interesting brain. But I feel like I, sp- I said this to his agent. I said, I speak Jaron Duran. <laughs> like, like it may not always come out the way that he wants it to but i speak jaron duran and i know what he means by certain things so is there anyone in the sports world or at least the baseball world you've met that you can compare him to that you're like oh like talking to jaron reminds me of this guy oh good question um you're basically asking me like who's a big dummy like who's like whoa whoa he's he's a meathead like i would he like he is a meathead we are very similar and where we're just like i just want to eat steak and lift heavy weights and like, I just want to play baseball. Like we, ve- we think very similarly when we get hyper-focused on something, it's just all we care about. He cares about putting on size, getting stronger, uh, eating fucking eight meals a day, lifting heavy weights, and then being good at baseball. Whereas I'm just like, oh, I just want to do a good baseball podcast. We kind of live very similar lifestyles. So I get it. Like I get that he has his his world that he surrounds himself in. And there's not a ton going on outside of that. So we're going to have a conversation with him at some point. Uh, I'm very excited for that. He is. Uh, did the White Sox just fucking walk off? Wow. No. The White Sox won a baseball game. Good for them. Snap that 10 gamer. Wow. Wow. It finally happened. They won a game. <laughs> Seven in the ninth. Yeah. Wow. Hey, that's another game. The Red Sox gain on the Rays, baby. Yeah. Don't count us out of this division. We're still in it. Did the Red Sox (laughs) gain a game on everyone but the Orioles today? That sounds about right. Not a bad way to live. That's crazy. Good for the White Sox. Happy for the White Sox. Uh, This the weather for this series sucked sucked. I was there Friday night. I was there Saturday. Man, and I wasn't there today and it looked even worse than the first two games. It was just like it wasn't raining enough to bring the tarp out or postpone the game or anything like that. It was just fucking miserable. All game. Sale was out there in his short sleeves like the goddamn lunatic that he is. Uh, And we have plenty to say on sale. So let's uh, let's dive into this this series here because the Boston Red Sox won it. Uh, and if you bet on them with the DraftKings Sportsbook, you're looking pretty good in this series. Baseball season's in full swing, whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player. DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. And right now, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. 
Join the big league action right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. New customers can bet just $5 on any bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code Jared. Um, Okay, another series victory for the Boston Red Sox here against the Cleveland Guardians, who, uh, respect to them, good team, but... I don't want to say they were limping in, but they're not like having a super impressive year like that. This this series against the Red Sox uh, put them into the negatives for run differential on the whole year. Uh, They are under 500, uh, but you did see in the series opener. They've got a guy by the name of Shane Bieber who showed up and uh, pitched really well in that series opener against a team that he does not normally pitch well against. He does not pitch well at Fenway Park and has not historically pitched well against the Boston Red Sox, but he went seven innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and four strikeouts, and that'll do. (laughs) That was enough to put the Red Sox to bed, but you had Nick Pavetta on the other side, and he just just had a Nick Pavetta start. That's, That's what they look like. Five innings, five hits, Four earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and he gave up a homer. If you were to ask me, what is the most likely line for Nick Pavetta against any team? It's not like it's not like he pitches uh, better against shitty teams or you know he struggles against good teams. Nick Pavetta's lines pretty much any time out. Yeah, it's about five innings. You're looking at four to five runs, maybe a couple walks, and he'll punch some guys out too. But he'll definitely give up at least a homer. That's what he did against the Guardians. And I'll take it. From, from, uh, I'll, no, 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 no. I'll take it. The Red Sox offense, more often than not, that's good enough. Right? Like, yeah. So, you, and they had opportunities six through or seven through nine. Let's be real. They had a, a double every inning. I think Duran had two. Yoshida had one of them. What was the, was Saturday the three double game for Duran? Uh, was, no, no, it that was, was Friday. Friday. Yeah, that he was had Friday three night. doubles. Yeah, he had three doubles in that game. My, I think my issue with Nick Pavetta, and it's a 5.11 ERA right now, it's a 5.31 FIP, is if you're out here like you were during spring training where you're like going after reporters to tell them like, hey, why the fuck are you not putting me in as one of the five rotation members for the Red Sox? Like, I am part of this group. I deserve that respect. You need to pitch better than this because right now no. I have a hard time convincing myself that Mm-mm. you belong in this five. When James agree. Paxton, James Paxton went down there in AAA today. Bear. Me. Fuck off, Jared. Let me finish. Spare me. Finish. Fuck Go off. Ahead, finish. Thank Go you. Ahead, finish. Fuck I'm going to finish all over the screen. Go ahead. Um, but when James Paxson went out this morning, pitched great. Looked really good. What was what the was line? It? Five and a third shutout innings. Okay. Against a guy Slapdicks. in James Paxson, when he is, you know, at what he is, if we can get the James Paxson of old, he's a better pitcher than Nick, than Nick Pavetta. That's not a conversation. That is reality. I think for Nick Pavetta right now, I know that he hasn't pitched the big leagues in fucking three years. No, we're saying if James Paxson is able to come back, right, if he's able to kind of look like the guy we saw today that actually has some command of his pitches that isn't getting roughed up like he did the last couple starts. And I think there's a fair chance he's activated after today. I don't know how you're not looking it around and saying Nick Pavetta is probably the guy that should be out right now. Because he gives you a chance to win. And how many guys and, and this is not a conversation about like who should be in, who should be out. I'm not going into other guys right now because we can have that conversation when, you know, it's like James Paxson is ready to go. We don't know that for sure because he's had one good start out of what, three? The first one was like a relief appearance, but he was really just they used an opener and then he pitched like kind of like what Cutter Crawford did. Like he had a start in the middle of the game. Uh, So he had that one sucked. And then the second one sucked. And then this one was good. 
<clears throat> so two suck, one good. But I like you look at the five eleven ERA and you're like, well, that's that's not great. Look around the rest of the rotation. Like a five eleven is probably the best we got. <laughs> like who the, the fuck? Who's doing better than that? Tanner Houck. Tanner okay, Houck's been better yeah. than that. All right, yeah, fine. But like Tanner Houck was a, was a guy that you were going to put in the bullpen or whatever. Uh, you can make the case that he should still be in the rotation. You can make the case that he'd be better off in the bullpen. Fine. But Nick Pavetta is not like a like a slide piece. He's not like a, yeah, like he could start a few games or he could be good in the bullpen. Yeah, he was good in the bullpen in 2021. He was outstanding against Tampa in that division series. Great. But do we know that he can do that over the course of a 162-game season? Not really. And I, I value, I know a lot of people don't, I value a guy that can give you five innings and give up four runs. Fine. Like that's not like it's never going to look stellar with Nick Pavetta. It's never going to look that way. You're never going to be. There was that one start. What was it? 2021 where he like he started against Jacob deGrom. Do you remember that? Yeah. He, listen, Nick Pavetta's done it for stretches. He did it the first couple months of 2022 where we're sitting here. and We're like, is Nick Pavetta an all star? Yeah. But I think that's where you're sitting here and you're starting to say, all right, that, you know, he's never flipping the page on this. This is what the guy is. He's going to be, you know, four or five-ish, best case scenario. There's a lot of ups and downs. But when you look at this current five right now, I don't understand how you look there and say, all right, this guy definitely has proved himself. give Give me your five with Garrett Whitlock on the injured list and no Nick Pavetta. What's your five look like? So right now it's Chris Sale, right? Chris mm-hmm. Sale showing us what he has. Brian Bayo, he's been one of your five best starters overall. He mm-hmm. was when he got sent down. I still believe he's in that group. Corey Kluber right now has to be in there. He was better. Jared, you can roll your eyes. He was better than Nick Pavetta last year. He was basically the same pitcher. I didn't say anything. Same pitcher with better metrics. And, you know, Pavetta hasn't had that six innings and one run start against the Orioles that, you know, Kluber had. And that's not including just the context where you have to let this guy get starts, right? Mm-hmm. Tanner Houck, who's been your best starter so far this season. Mm-hmm. that's four. And then James Paxson coming up, the Red Sox have told us they view him as a starter. They tried him in that opener role or following the opener. It didn't work. It clearly, he wasn't clicking. So what happens to Nick Pavetta now? Do mm. you, and I think hearing what Bloom has said saying, yeah, Tanner is showing us something differently. Now, am I going to be heartbroken if they send help to the bullpen? No, I'm not. And maybe this whole Kenley injury could change that conversation overall, but it feels like for a guy in Pavetta who kind of needed to come out and make a statement, the statement really hasn't been there. He's just been Nick Pavetta. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at it right now. And Kluber, like here are the guys that are averaging at least five innings or better per start. Chris Sale is averaging five innings per start. Garrett Whitlock, five and a third. Thanks, but you're gone. Uh, Nick Pavetta is averaging five innings per start. Tanner Houck, five and a third innings per start. And these are. Um, that's what four guys. Uh, yep. Bayo is only averaging four innings per start, and then Kluber is averaging four and two thirds. So, yeah, I just think it's hard to look at it right now and say, "All right, is Pavetta has Pavetta done anything to show that the curveball he worked on all offseason is going to change life for him?" No. And Stats put out a great tweet on this a couple days ago. He's regressing across the board from year to year. Things aren't pointing up for him. They're pointing down like he's getting hit harder. The expected batting average slugging. All these things are all higher. They're not going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, this is who this guy is. You know, it doesn't mean he's not a fine fist starter. Yeah, that's Nick Pavetta. 
but he's been very average to below average so far. Like a five year A is a five year A, no matter what way you slice it. Well, you 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 want to suck Brian Bayo's dick? He's got a six fifty seven. And but but do, who do you think's a better pitcher, Brian Bayo or Nick Pavetta? So I'll and ask who, you this: uh, Brian Bayo has a ten twenty two strikeouts per nine. Is that yep. good? Yeah, Nick Pavetta also has a ten K per nine. He has a ten twenty two. The exact yeah. same strikeouts per nine. But Jared, you're being you're. I know you're playing this game right now. I'm not playing a game. When, when it comes to Brian Bayo and Nick Pavetta, who do you want getting starts in a year like well, this? I'm and just who saying, do you think you, has you, the higher you, ceiling? You said he was he was the best starter, and I'm I'm comparing him to Nick Pavetta right now. Uh, I said Bayo was the best starter. Yeah, I think Bayo's a better starter. Yeah, I do, well, and I think long term anyone would agree has not been better. Not this year. No, it hasn't been great overall. Okay. We've seen him kind of figure it out. But let's be real. Two of those starts have come in. A downfall, first of all, the Angels game. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, he was pitching through a bad fingernail and now a blister, and he still gave you five innings of one-run ball. And you kind of saw what it was, but I don't think anybody here would say if you had to pick between Brian Bayo and Nick Pavetta getting starts this year, you're taking Nick Pavetta. You're not putting Brian Bayo in the bullpen. You put Nick Pavetta in the bullpen. Now you're just asking the question, am 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 I playing this season out for development or am I playing the season out to maybe win a wild card? I think both you go Brian Bayo. I think Brian Bayo is a better starter this year if you keep letting him pitch than Nick. Sure. I, yeah. Okay. So that's a different argument. If you keep letting him pitch at the end of the season, whose numbers will be better? That's a different question. At the end of the year, if they're given the same opportunity to make a start every fifth day, who has the better numbers? I would, I would bet on Brian Bayo. I would. So that's the conversation. You're answering future and present. You prefer Brian Bayo. If you had to start a game tomorrow to win it, you're picking Brian Bayo. You're not picking Nick Pavetta. I don't know if I right if it's tomorrow. I don't know that I'm picking Bayo. I'm taking Brian Bayo. I, I think he checks off both of those reasons. And I saw down in September last year what Bayo can do when he really gets going. I need this guy developing at the big league level. I need this guy, you know, trying to push this team forward. We need young pitching. What did we say more often than not? Garrett Whitlock and Brian Bayo were the keys to this team moving forward. Those guys, if this team's going anywhere in 2023, it's because of them. Well, one of them just hit the wall. Whitlock, we don't know what's going to happen with his elbow at this point. Bayo, he survived the forearm tightness. He's back, and we just saw his best start while battling all these things. Yeah, We know what Nick Pavetta is. You're not going to throw Brian Bayo in the bullpen. So, hey, Pavetta, go kick rocks. Go throw two innings out there. But And if, we, if you put yourself back into it, we'll have that conversation. We do know what Nick Pavetta is. And I want that in the rotation. I do. Like, I still... Because... I mean, that, that's why I mentioned like the innings per start thing. Like I want and, and I, I'm going to pull it up right now because I I'm not sure where it ranks currently. But Chris Sale talked about this after his start today about, you know, uh, be, going out into the seventh inning. Like, yeah, I wish that I could have gotten more than one batter once I got into the, the seventh inning. But he he kind of gave like a nod to the Red Sox bullpen is, you know, we've asked these guys to fucking do a lot. So like I take pride in being able to pitch deep into games right now. The Red Sox uh, bullpen has pitched the fourth most innings in Major League Baseball, uh, the Rays. But that feels like by design. Then you have the A's who fucking suck. And then you have the Marlins and then you have the Red Sox. So. Like you're not going to see a ton of good teams. That have that are amongst the leaders in uh, bullpen innings pitched, and obviously the best team 
that doesn't make a great case for me because the best team has pitched the most uh, bullpen innings, but that's also by design. That's just what they do. Like the fucking, I don't know if you were watching the other night, but uh, Kevin Cash pulled Shane McClanahan at like 73 pitches and he was cruising. Like that's just what the Rays do. So it's not indicative of how good a staff is because the Rays are just the fucking Rays and they're weirdos and whatever. Uh, But I value guys that can give you innings in the rotation. The Red Sox have had the fucking worst rotation in baseball besides the A's. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's the Red Sox are going to have to figure out what they're going to do with the rotation. And if it's Pavetta, it's Pavetta, whatever. But I mean, for me, and I know that uh, Lou Merloni has talked about this. Five innings, four runs. Give me that. Give me that. Sure. But can't Brian Bayo give you that? And you get the best Uh, of both worlds? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess in theory he can, but he statistically hasn't. This year, but we saw for a month last year down the stretch, he could. Yeah. And like, this is a way where you check both of these boxes. And I have to pull up stats on my phone here because he has me uh, still blocked on Twitter. So uh, give me a second. (laughs) But uh, yeah, this was what it was. It's like Pavetta's heading heading in the wrong direction. You know, barrels per plate appearance. He went from 5.1 in 21 to 6.1 in 22 to 9.1 in 2023. The exit velo has gone up from 89.7 in 2021. 92.9 92.9 in 2023. Uh, the sweet spot percentage, 33.4% in 2021, 51.5% in 2023. Batting average is up 50 points. Slugging's up over 100 points. Uh, weighted on base average is up 30 points. Uh, hard hit percentage or hard hit percentage from 40 to 54. Like it's nice to see him missing bats like he is, but the command hasn't taken a step forward either. And you even go to expected ERA, it's a 577. So, like, am I going to sit here and I'm going to, like, act like Nick Pavetta is doing something to, like, excite me? No, I think eventually sometimes the talent rises to a level where, yeah, our floor isn't what our floor once was. Go out to the bullpen and give us something, because right now we'd rather see Tanner Houck and see if he can stick as a starter than watch you and we know what you are. And that was talking Nick Pavetta. <clears throat> Not going to find another podcast in the world that's doing 20 minutes on Nick Pavetta, but here it's for the people. So you're not going to be upset if they tell Pavetta, you know, go chill in the bullpen like you have before. Not unless like, like I need, like I need Bayo to pitch like he did when he finally clicked last year because it was yesterday. Not enough. No, that was great. Yeah. Like that that was fine. Uh, The blister thing is a little concerning. I feel like we can't just like gloss over that. That's where the conversation could change a little bit. That was multiple visits to the mound. Yesterday, five innings, five hits, one earned run, couple walks, six strikeouts. Gave up a homer. Fine, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, that's the Bayo that I need. Like, he's he's capable of being like <laughs> the better Nick Pavetta. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you five innings, but um, I'm going to be getting swings and misses. I'm going to be getting balls hit on the ground. And Bayo's like, telling I, you, hey, like, I may be a five at my worst, but if I keep getting these starts, I could be your number two by the end of the year. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's let's fucking see it. And Nick Pavetta's like, hey, I'll pitch all year, but guess what? I'm going to throw up another four, five, four, six ERA, and we're going to know that, you know, I'm I'm here. I, I eat innings at the end, but like I'm going to give you the bare fucking minimum. Yeah. I just I don't know. I take Cutter Crawford over Nick Pavetta right now, but I think you yes. know you need to stop jerking these guys back and forth here. I agree. But how can you go here and say that you want Cutter Crawford when Bayo has a higher ceiling? Well, because Cutter Crawford has been 
anytime that you've called upon Cutter Crawford, he's just delivered. Like has he has has Cutter Crawford as a reliever or a starter had an appearance where you're like, well, that was a stinker. This season? This season. That first start. And I like Cutter oh. Crawford. What did he do? I can't remember. Uh, he shit the bet against Cleveland. Or not against Cleveland, excuse me, against Pittsburgh. Remember that he gave up like seven runs? Oh, I feel, yeah. But, I mean, was, but he's been excellent I don't even outside of that. It's the Pirates year. It's the Pirates yeah. year. I, don't even I, I like Cutter Crawford, but that's my thing. It's like, we know what you are, Nick Pavetta. We need to let some of these younger arms get an opportunity here. Mm. He's not going to take that very well. No, it, but sorry. If you're going to bitch when you have a 5'11 ERA, go kick rocks. I'm sorry. Mm. If you had a three, I'd, I'd be like, all right. Or if you were even Tanner, how could be like, I get it. But you haven't done anything here to, you know, change anyone's like view of you. You're not showing me that your new curveball is changing life for you. If anything, like those expected stats I read, you're going in the wrong direction, not the right one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could say Tanner Houck's added two pitches or, you know, he's throwing um, the cutter 15% of the time. Didn't have that pitch at all last year. And he's doubled his splitter usage. Mm. Are you ever going to are you ever going to go to a game with me or no? Yes. I want to. You say, yeah, 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 yeah. Even Jake knows. Yeah. What? Fuck you, Jake. What does Jake have to say? No, I saw that head shake. No, you will not fuck Jake. No, because you, I've invited you to games and you just said, yeah, no, I'll go. I'd like to. I need to know in advance. I need time to like work work. the schedule. I know. And I'm not blaming you. That's on me. That's not how this works. You're like a firefighter. You got to be ready to slide down the pole. What day upset you the most? What day did you vision was like would have been perfect for, you know, a Tyler, Jared and Jake date? Um, what series was that, Jake, that we had the, the dugout seats? Ooh. That was uh, the Orioles first series of the year. Oh, Duval yeah, walk yeah. Off. Oh, the Duval walk off home run. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, th- I think I, we would have had a good time at that game. Yeah. I think if you if you pick like the most exciting game of the season, that would probably have been a good time. Yeah. I agree. It would have been a lot of fun, but it, it's not that I don't want to. It's just every single day is so boxed out right now mm-hmm. based on the podcast. Oh, you're busy. Days. You're busy. Just like you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you I'm are. At the ba- games. Yes, right. You mm-hmm. are. And you were a grinder, Jared Caravas. Mm-hmm. No, no yeah. one works harder than Jared Caravas. Let me tell That's you. Right. That's right. But, you know, through first, the week. First, first pitch at Linfield Little League on Saturday morning. I, I it, commented. Did you see right my, after? Oh, yeah, did you, you did. Re- yeah, I saw a that. little I saw goat? That. Yeah, I saw that. I pay my respects to the tribal chief, um, but during the week, right? I have baseball hour on Fridays. Yep. I do. I do have that as part of my schedule. We usually have a podcast each week. See, I didn't know that you're, I didn't know that because I'm usually at the game. I didn't know that you were doing baseball hour on Fridays. It's okay. That's just part of it. Right. Yeah. I do. I have my girlfriend that I I need to figure out time for us. (sighs) She gets a day during the week and she gets a day during the weekend. See, I think this is something we disconnect on because you're you know like, what? listen, I gave up my love you know life for Tyler, the game. Yes. Do you guys don't live together? Me and Martha? No. Okay. So if I, if I got, if I got you an apartment so that you could move <laughs> in together, would that be enough fucking time for you to hang out during the week so that you can go to games with me on the weekend or no? I, I, that would probably fulfill her, you know, her, uh, what's the word? Requirements. Her, her Tyler fucking, uh, uh, I, now I'm blanking on the word requirements that works, but that's not her needs. Yeah. Her needs, her wants and her needs, her fillings of Tyler. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? 
and suck on it. No, don't. Alex, <laughs> ah, that kind of works there, come too. Come on. Don't do that. Sorry. Don't do that. I'm Love blaming you, Alex. No. All right. So you guys. Yeah. All right. I'll get you guys an apartment and then you can okay. move in together and then you can stop complaining about not having enough time to spend with your girlfriend because you'll literally be in each other's faces all the time. The, the good thing, if I can know, and I know it doesn't work this way, but when I have like a week or two in advance, I can be like, hey, honey, let, let's move these days around and we can make everyone happy here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't often know. It's not your I'm fault. Getting, getting those seats. Like sometimes I'm already there. <laughs> it's like sometimes it, it, sometimes I'm at the game and then it'll be like, hey, you, you want the dugout seats tonight? I'll be like, uh, yeah. And then there you go. I'm also coming from Brockton. That's also another part of this yeah, equation. You here. live in like Alaska. All right. We got to take a break and talk about Zinn nicotine pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one. But Zinn nicotine pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Oh, also, you know, quick side note, the people who are talking about pizza in the subreddit. I was talking about Stella's, even though they haven't given me the bag. I do want to make that clear. So validate my pizza opinion. Do not take that away from me. Okay. It's been bothering me for days. I'm sorry. Yes. Section 10 Red has been on one recently. I love it. I mean, whether it's whether it's uh, good stuff, bad stuff, I just love that people are engaging. Um, they make me feel more part of a community than I've ever felt like in my life. So I really do appreciate everyone there. Good and bad. Like you said, good that talks bad. about the pod. Yeah, I mean, they, I saw they were like, why hasn't Jared been tweeting? I was like, I definitely haven't been. And I, and I brought that up to my mom. I was like, have I not been tweeting a lot this weekend? She's like, yeah, you haven't really been haven't been tweeting as much. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess I haven't noticed because usually like I still try to keep up with the highlights around the league, even if I'm at the game. But if I'm at the game, it's it's a little bit harder because I'm not sitting there in front of my nine TVs watching. <clears throat> but I do get like the updates and I'll try and tweet out as much as I can. But someone said I didn't tweet the gold bottles. I've never in my life not tweeted out the gold bottles since I started it in 2014. That's never happened. I've never ever. There was one time. What was it? Uh, it. What year did it come out? Long 2018. 2017. Yes. OK, so the first it came out and my family, we love horror movies and it was like a big one. Uh, so we went to go see it as a family together <clears throat> and um i was watching like i had i was wearing a hoodie and i put the the game on with no volume and i would just like slide it out every now and then like every two seconds to like watch what was happening so and i still tweeted out the gold bottle suite and i was watching it in 2017 that was a first place team you got to be on top of things like there's a yeah there's never been a, a game there was one night dan omara who used to do the starting nine <laughs> social. I and remember this. Yeah. So like starting nine was a digital show in addition to being a podcast. 
and he's the only person <laughs> ever, ever that I've allowed to send out the gold bottles to eat besides me. <clears throat> Actually, no, I lied. There, like there'll be sometimes where like I'll draft it out and I'll be at a game and like someone that like loves the podcast will come out and I'll let them hit the, the tweet button. I'll be like, yeah, you want to send out the gold bottle suite? And like, I'll let people like hit the tweet button. Um, but we were on the starting nine show. Like I'm on camera and it's live. And uh, it was two outs. Red Sox were winning. And there was like a ground ball to short. And fucking ground ball goes to whoever is probably bogey. And he fucking hits send. And then bogey skips the throw. And I was like, fucking Dan, you can't do that. That's the only time it ever went out prematurely. It's never not gone out, but that was the only time that it went out prematurely. And it was because I I trusted Dan to do it. He brings it up all the time. I'm sure he feels terrible about it, but that was the only time. Shout out uh, Dan Curry College. Yeah, he is Curry Curry College guy. I will um, say, as someone who now does like end of game recap tweets, I don't know if you've gone through this, but so yesterday I start typing it up. I'm like, I need a little time because I'm going to cut the last highlight. I want to have it written so it can go up immediately because every second counts. You, you know, you want to get the most clout you can from these tweets. I wrote out the whole Red Sox one. Kenley Jansen slams the door shut. Is that a bad jinx? Like when you start to write that out, because no. I feel like every time I do something bad happens. No, I I always start drafting the gold bottles tweet in like the eighth, and I'll like forecast like what I think is going to happen so that it's there. And if it doesn't happen, I can just change it. Like the um the Saturday game, I had like another save for Kenley as part of it, and then you got to take that out. Or like I'll do like you know this guy had a home run, the great star for this person, RBI for this person, couple knocks for this guy, and and then like the game will change. So it's like, all right, uh, game tying RBI for Arroyo in the 10th and a walk off for blank. And then like, I have to fill in the blank. Assuming okay. the Red Sox are going to walk it off. Cause you want, you want it to be ready to go. Yeah. I, there's no, there's no such thing. People would be, people would be upset if like the Red Sox lost and I had the gold bottles tweet drafted out and I had to delete it. Like that's happened plenty of times, but they don't know that I've drafted it out. And there's been a million times that I've drafted it out before a game has ended. And it's, it's fine. You just punch in the details and you hit send. You know what's even worse that I did? Uh, when uh, Bernardino gave up the run in the top of the 10th, I wrote, wrote out uh, I, I wrote a lost tweet out as well. Uh, um, and I, I wrote it out. I was like, oh, you know, Ryan Brazier, I hate you. I'm going to fire you into the fucking sun for the rest of the eternity. And I wrote that out and then they walked it off. So I felt like I committed one sin, then committed another. And if you put, you know, two wrongs, they make a right. Mm. And that's basically what happened. I think I included Brazier in the gold bottle suite on Saturday. I think I said yeah. something like Brazier made Kenley blow the game or something like that. Horrendous. <clears throat> it was horrendous. It was horrendous. And, um, we can talk about that because like, <laughs> let me pull up Ryan Brazier's game log. Like it's, it's really gotta, bad. It's got to be very stinky. I think it's 14 runs and like 14 innings with 13 earned or something. That can't be good. All right. So uh, he's he's already appeared in 14 games this year. What was the they're core trying to blow the elbow out? The the low low <laughs> leverage, the low leverage relief has been concerning. He said, "I am concerned." <laughs> I am like, concerned. are you worried? Yes, yes, I am. 
I mean, you know what's not concerning though? So he's appeared in 14 games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine of them have been scoreless. <laughs> I'm not going to. Nope. Do don't no, even. No, don't no, start this no, shit. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> 14 appearances, nine of them scoreless though, Tyler. When you look at the stat line, what's the biggest thing besides, you know, the absolute shit ERA? Um, oh, you know, 472 FIP. His FIP is half of what his ERA is. Oh, good for him. Uh, you know, the Caper 9's down to 7.7, but what's He's the worst of it? Up. He's only given up one home run. Oh, you want a cookie, Ryan Brazier? You want a cookie after you here. made poor Kenley Jansen have to go out there after he had back tightness because you if couldn't I told keep a game? Tyler Milliken, if I told you the month of April has concluded, the Red Sox used Ryan Brazier in 14 games. He faced 66 batters and only gave up one home run. Are you sitting there telling me that you want to fire him into the sun if I told you that? And I would think the Red Sox are 0-29. <laughs> That's what I would think. But he only gave up one home run. Congrats. Well, he's, not he also, he's walking 5.1 per nine. Yeah, when good. the only thing they could claim is the reason they kept you around besides a nice September was the fact that you threw strikes and now yeah. you no longer do that. Yeah. Sorry. There's no reason Sorry. for you to be here. Sorry. He's given up eight walks in 14 innings, 15 hits in 14 innings, and he's given up 14 runs in 14 innings. 13 of them earned. And, and I will you know, say this about, about Ryan Brazier. The Red Sox are seven and seven in games that he's appeared in. That that could have been no one would have guessed that, that they were five hundred in games that he's appeared in. Feels very lucky. I'm looking at the baseball savant page. There's nothing here. <laughs> not, not a single glimpse of of, of red. There, there is one. There is a little red. Now, this one's a little surprising. 92nd percentile barrel percentage. I, I didn't expect that. Fastball velo is 75. Fastball spin 66. Good extension, 83. Everything else is horrendous. 16th percentile average exit velocity, 9th percentile hard hit percentage, 7th percentile expected batting average, K percentage, 23rd percentile. It's bad. It's bad across the board. So would you sit there and tell me that my boy Caleb Ort died for nothing? Would you say that? I will say the reason why, and I, I do think Caleb Ort's better than Ryan Brazier, but Thank the you. reason Caleb Ort gets optioned is because they don't have he to lose anyone. Yeah. That's it. He gets optioned you know, because he has him. Ryan Brazier. Caleb Ort blows too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, spare me. By the way, I have some devastating news that I need to share with you. What is it? <clears throat> when I was uh, at Fenway on Friday with Jake, yep, we spent what would you say, Jake? Probably like three hours in the dugout? Yeah, good three hours. Good three hours in the dugout. So three you, you hours? See, you see a lot of things. You hear a lot of things. You see a lot of things. You know what I saw? Dude, who said Kaylor blows? Who said it? You know what I saw, Tyler? What? I saw Kaylor Very, very close. Buddy, buddy. Walking around with Josh Winkowski. They're like best friends. Yeah, because Caleb Ward's very, like, I could learn something from this guy. Well, I, the way that I interpreted it was, is Josh Winkowski now going to be sad because his best friend got demoted and you did this? You, I did this? Yes. It Don't was you, Tyler, mm. it was your campaigning on Twitter that got Caleb Ward demoted and you didn't even realize that your anti-ort campaign 
may directly impact Josh Winkowski's performance the rest of the way. I'm not even slightly worried. No, I didn't because you know why? Because what Caleb Ort had to do in fucking Baltimore to absolutely blow that game, force Kenley in. Who knows? Maybe that could have been part of the back spasms. The game. After he gave up a grand slam in a homer before that. Everyone gives up grand slams. Alex Cora was so disgusted that that was his final straw for Caleb. He goes, <laughs> yeah, we're good, man. It, like when you talk about being concerned with low leverage innings and you had to force Kenley into a game like that, who knows what triggered Kenley's back spasms? Maybe he was having to hurry up, mm. and, you know, in, you know, when you thought you had the night off and now you're like, oh, shit, this guy's about to blow the game for us. Could have led to you getting swept in Baltimore. Put you on the verge of that because Caleb Ort could not get the simple job done. You, you're Cora, all season. Caleb Ort just it blinds no, you. it blinds it, you from being able to look at things critically. Caleb Ort has not been doing many things well. He had a nice little stretch where he was okay. He's not number one in stuff plus on the Red Sox anymore. Who I know is? that was. Who do you think? Kenley. Yeah, it's Kenley Jansen. Yeah, yeah, it's Kenley. Oh yeah, yeah that's what I sound like. Oh, yeah. don't Caleb Ort. Caleb Ort yeah. fucking hundred. It's yeah, so fucking it cool. Did I've never see... seen a pitcher throw a hundred before. Oh, my <laughs> I haven't. God. He's the first one. I also did you see what Dave Bush had to say about uh about Caleb Ort? <laughs> yeah, he, he said we like the stuff, but learn how to fucking throw strikes. Yeah, he, he's saying you know this guy guy throws a hundred. That's basically what he said. Yeah, the stuff's good. Guess what? Throw strikes. Oh. How about you have, you know, more than two, more than two red circles on your baseball savant page? And of course, it's with the fastball 85th percentile. We're not acting like it's a hundred. He's not at the top of the league. He was that's that's the Red Sox mistake is they clearly couldn't see that he was saving the hundos for when when they really needed him. Oh, yeah. Why would the Red Sox want him to throw a hundred? He can't spot it when it's 94 to 96. So why the fuck is he going to turn it up to a hundred? He may not even hit the catcher. I saw a great tweet today. I was laughing. I was in the Starbucks drive-thru, just waiting to get up there to order my coffee and started giggling in my car because like I because I had responded to uh I think it was who had who had it was someone it wasn't was it Chris Smith had it from Mass Live? I think so. When Ork got Oh yes, yes. It was Chris Smith. And I was like, I just respond to it. I was like, yeah, guy throws a hundred and someone, because the whole sentiment was like, yeah, that's great, but you can't locate it. And someone tweeted me and they were like, dude, you throw a hundred. Like, it's going to be wild. <laughs> like, it's just, it is what it is. When you throw a hundred, it's very hard to spot it. Ask Pat Light. We have an expert or we used to, uh, that guy couldn't throw a strike to save his life. That's what happened just, to him? He's a fucking business guy now. What is Caleb Ork going to be doing? He's going to be working at Brandon Workman's fucking real estate agency. <laughs> oh, why is Brandon Workman catching strays? I love Brandon Workman, but Brandon you Workman, you just, you just called him a useless piece of shit. Whoa, whoa we yes, are not going to start this. You I, did. No, I did not. Yes, you did. Brandon Workman, hire me. I, I'll become a real estate agent. I'll prove it to you. But Caleb Ort, he's a quadruple A reliever. He's an up and down guy. That's what he is. He can get hot for a little bit, but eventually it all kind of implodes on him. You right. want the guy to throw strikes. He's never going to throw strikes consistently. Okay. You've made your point loud and clear. I disagree with you, but we don't need to spend more time on it because all the fucking whiny ass people that are like, they spend too much time talking about Caleb or... This is a baseball podcast, baby. What do they want? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a Red Sox podcast. What team does Caleb Ort play for? Don't answer that because you're going to say the Woo Sox. Like, <laughs> hey, same team as uh, your guy Bobby Delbeck, right? Oh, my God. Maybe we could take a trip and go see them together. I would do that. I would do that. Don't, <laughs> don't joke. Don't, don't joke because I'll go. Maybe that will be the first game we go to together. As my payback to you. Yeah, I've never been there. I want to go. I haven't either. Every time I say this on the podcast, I'll get like 30 people from the Woo Sox being like, let's get you down here. It'll be great. They're so accommodating. They're the nicest fucking people. And I still have just never been like, all right, let's pick a day. It's on me. It's not them. It's definitely me. I'm just like, yeah, I'd love to. And then the conversation never progresses. I literally need someone from the Woo Sox to reach out and be like, Jared, I need you to focus for give me 10 minutes of your time. Just 10 minutes. I'll be like, okay, what do we got? All right, this day, the Red Sox are off. The Woo Sox are home. Let's do it. And I'll be like, done. Jake, book it. Jake, book uh, the Woo Sox. Let's get them on I, the podcast. Let's figure <laughs> this out on the podcast. I can confirm this because even someone reached out to me when I tweeted that to you uh, on Twitter yesterday. and was like, hey, I got the hookup for Woo Sox tickets. Can we make this happen? Let's go, dude. Let's go. I'm down. I want to go to Polar Park. Have you been? Never. Me neither. Jake, have you been? No, I've never been. Let's go. Let's go watch Caleb Ort in his in his environment where he belongs. I'm gonna that that's gonna be part of it though. Like I'm gonna say, can you guarantee that Caleb Ort gets brought into the game? Because if he doesn't pitch, then we're gonna have to come back. And it's like I don't even know how long that drive is. About an hour. (sighs) For me. I mean, I'm going to put it in my GPS right now. Polar. I don't, I don't understand the whole West thing in the state and like what's West or what's not or where the border is. I hear nothing but great things about Polar Park. Worcester is poor man's Brockton. Polar Park is an hour and three minutes, but it's also 6.15 p.m. I don't know if that's like because of all the traffic. It probably is. It's got to be closer than that. All right, we're going. See you soon, Caleb. And Bob. By the way, we forgot when we were talking about Kike Hernandez being plan E, we went through all the shortstop options and we left off Bob stop. Yeah, because he's not even an actual shortstop option. They only played him there because there was an injury to Yoshida that day. Oh, spare me. The only reason they played him was because Yoshida went down day of game. Yoshida doesn't play shortstop, dude. I don't know if you know that. Oh, so they had to shift positions around. One plus one equals two, Jared. You can do this. Bob stop. Support. <laughs> Hashtag quadruple A. You're lucky. You're lucky that I'm not a big dummy like you because I don't root against your favorite players. I want the Red Sox to do well. Unlike you, you just want to be right. I want the Red Sox to do well, so I would never root against Josh Winkowski. I'm always, I've always supported that guy. All I know is I want the players that I think are good to be on the team because if they, if I think they're good, I, I would hope that they perform on the team. Okay. Do you think Ryan Brazier is good? No, fire him into the fucking sun. When is that coming? So it's a little weird right now. We did get a small update on Jolie Rodriguez, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to be starting his rehab assignment this upcoming week. Maybe could be an affiliate by the end. So call it a Florida complex game or, you know, extended spring training game and then to an affiliate. But now that Bernardino has been up here, he's going to be kicked to the can. Say the fucking guy's name right. Butafuco. Butafuco. But a fucko. Um, you got a you got a beer shower. I I did read that. I did see yeah. that. That's nice. He, he's thrown well. Props to him. He's been fine. Yeah. We um, love 
nice up and down guy, someone you can fit in and say you need him for a couple, you know, games, whatever you'll get by. But now his spot will belong to Jolie. They're not going to kick Richard Blyer to the curb. So it's more Richard about Blyer. Did I already make the substitute teacher comparison for Richard Blyer? I don't think so. No. Richard Blyer looks like, and we've all been there, whether it was elementary school, middle school, or high school, we all see the substitute teacher come in and immediately by the look on their face, just what they look like, you know that this is going to be a a fun substitute teacher that's like, hey, put your books away. We're going to put on the TV. We're going to like watch like Jerry Springer. Uh, we're going to like take out the trash can and you guys can like shoot paper into it. It'll be fun. Or the one that looks like Richard Blyer, which is like, oh, you thought the, the, the substitute teacher that makes you wish that your actual teacher was still there. Like they make you fucking because they don't want to do shit because they're not a real teacher. So, yeah, take your books out. We're going to read 20 pages just so that you guys shut the fuck up. Like they're probably like hung over. And they're like, yeah, you guys are going to read 20 pages out of your textbooks today and no one's going to talk. And if I see anyone asked to go to the bathroom, I'm going to punch you in the face. That's if what you and if you do talk, I'm writing your name on the note to the teacher. Yep. Yep. That's just what his face looks like. I don't know him. Never had a conversation with him. He could be a really nice guy. I'm just saying that that's what his face looks like. He looks like the substitute teacher that makes you wish that your actual teacher was not out sick that day. <laughs> That, I think that's how I kind of feel whenever I see him enter a spot that Julie Rodriguez was supposed to pitch in. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's the feeling I get. Um, but I don't think it's about Jolie anymore. I think he'll take uh, Bernardino's spot. So it's Garrett Whitlock. Garrett Whitlock probably bought Brazier a little bit more time, if we're being honest. That's on you, dude. What do you mean that's on me? That's on you. You're blaming me for Garrett Whitlock getting hurt? Yes. Whoa, that's a serious allegation out of your mouth right now. Right, it's based in fact. Speak to tell me, explain it to me. Do, let me ask you a question. Yep. Do you think that I'm not saying that I I'm not saying what my opinion is. I'm just asking you what your opinion is first. Do you think Garrett Whitlock would be hurt if he started the season in the bullpen? I'm not sure. Uh, I'll be honest. And like, this isn't me fucking around. This isn't me trying to avoid blame because I'll be completely upfront about it. I don't know if it was caused from him being a starter now. Whitlock got hurt at the end of 2021 in the bullpen. We remember that's what opened the door for Ryan Brazier's ridiculous week. Was uh, it as, yeah, peck strain. Now, last year, the hip, we really don't know exactly when it happened. It was kind of something that just went along. And then they shifted him to the bullpen to protect him. And then this year, it's like, yeah, the elbow starts barking. When did it start barking? After that angel start. So it's like, all right, the game he's worked the farthest in, something started barking at him. That worries me. I'm a little bit concerned on that. And I'm also not happy that the Red Sox knew that he was dealing with this and let him go pitch in Milwaukee. He should have been shut down immediately. I don't know why you're playing games with a guy who's already had one Tommy John surgery before, but they felt the need to do that for whatever reason. But I think it's pretty fair to say at this point, Whitlock has an extensive injury history over the last couple of seasons in Boston. He hasn't been durable overall. That equals into a conversation about whether a guy should be a starter. Now, it equals even more when you talk about what kind of starter you want Garrett Whitlock to be. He's not a five and dive guy, you know, so this is someone you want to eat innings. You want to be a number three, someone who can be like Rick Purcello, have that rubber elbow. Give me 105 pitches, call it seven innings, three runs, six innings, two runs, six innings, three, six innings, three runs. Just eat innings and be very solid and dependable. Well, it's kind of scary when he first the first time he really does that for you, something starts barking on him. 
makes me nervous. I think even the most big Garrett Whitlock fans have to say, all right, this is a this is at least a serious orange flag for you. Mm. It, like I know some people who are the Whitlock starter crew are like, no, like you can't pin this on the guy on this at all. We don't know. How do you know? We don't know how his body could respond to this. We don't know what the elbow was like after one Tommy John. Jeff Passan said it as well as anyone uh, in a recent article about the uptick in injuries. The greatest predictor for pitcher injuries is injury history. This guy has blown his elbow out once. Now, the other side of the coin is he started all the way through the minors. This is who that guy was. They didn't move him to the bullpen because they didn't believe he could start. They moved him to the bullpen because he was coming off Tommy John and the Red Sox didn't have it. They had plenty of starting options at that point. It was all right. Let's let this guy kind of build up. We fell in love with Gary Whitlock because he tossed three or four innings out of the pen. That's where we all fell in love with him. It wasn't as a shutdown ninth inning guy or anything like that. Not in the slightest. And that's what he continued to build off. It's just, yeah, this is a flag. Does it make me say Gary Whitlock shouldn't get any more opportunities in the rotation? No, I need to see how he responds to this whole situation. That's a big thing in the coming days. But yeah, it's scary. How can you not say it's scary? You're just being dishonest if that's the case. You know, you know who uh, this is starting to remind me of? Who? Jabba Chamberlain. It's an interesting comp. Yeah. Hmm. I just thought of that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen anyone else make that comp. But if you look back on Jabba's career and how the Yankees used him, wouldn't you say that uh, there are some similarities there? Yeah, it's, a, it's another case of a team trying to convert a dominant reliever into a starter and getting you know those back-end results, not the front-end or even mid-rotation results you were hoping for. Mm. And a pretty quick burnout. Overall, if we're being 100% honest. Mm. Now, at the same time, like when I look at Garrett Whitlock and I kind of, you know, say some of these things and I'm like, well, these are flags. These are scary. Like, you know, what do you kind of take away from all of this? It's like, you know, you look at what he's done so far in the big leagues as a starter. Eight of his 12 career starts. He's allowed two runs or fewer. Earned runs or fewer. So, like, there's been something there. We just saw what he could be capable of. Do I know if his body can handle it? I don't. There's a reason why. And, you know, Cora made the point after the game saying, well, you know, if he was pitching every two or three days, isn't that risky? Sure. But there's a reason why when starters, a lot of the times, like a Brent Honeywell or whoever it may be, start to have injuries, they get shifted to the bullpen. Mm hmm. It's a different workload. At the end of the day, 170 innings and, you know, a season period is different than 70 or 80. Different up and down. I understand different stress and all these things, but all I know is I haven't shifted my opinion on Garrett Whitlock. Did this put like a, a coin on the other side of it for me to make me rethink things and be nervous? Yeah, it did. And that's just me being honest and reading the situation. Maybe it's not as bad as I took it. When I read it, I was like beside myself. I'm like, this reads exactly like what Jeffrey Springs said two days before we found out he needed Tommy John. You know, ulnar neuritis, 
you know, the numbness, the weird kind of tingling he's feeling on his fingers. And this would be Whitlock's second TJ. This is like, we're not talking about first time. This is a second one. That puts him in a very, you know, short list of guys who have come back and still been effective pitchers at this level. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're playing a very dangerous game if that's why it's barking. And you start to look at, was he pushing more because he wasn't missing bats? Is that what it was? Like, like he's worried that he, the velocity's dropping late in starts. He feels like, oh, well, I don't have that 97, 98 in my back pocket. So, in order to sustain my velocity, I'm pushing myself to do that. I don't know. I don't have enough. I don't have a large enough sample size to make that judgment. But yeah, those are red flags. Those are things you got to look at and say, they make me nervous. That's, you know, those are reasons to the other side of the discussion. I agree. You know, <clears throat> and, and that's me being honest. I don't know if people expected me to come on here and be like, oh, there, it has nothing to do with it. I don't know. I have no clue. But all I know is they want him to be a workhorse. The fact that his elbow is barking, you know, April 28th, whatever day it was. Not great. It's not a great place to be. Also, though, do I say go shift him to the bullpen? Do I really want to make him what he's built up for all year long and now shift him to another role? The Red Sox already jerked him back and forth last year. Mm -hmm. You're just entering this very gray area. Where the wrong decision could have, you know, it could cost Bloom his biggest fish. I don't know that I'm, I'm calling Garrett Whitlock Heim Bloom's biggest fish right now. I think the biggest fish would have to be Masataka Yoshida because of the financial investment. I, I mean, his biggest win. I like what's been the signature Yoshida Heim Bloom could be move. his biggest win. Honestly, sure. Alex Verdugo. And that's another thing. We haven't even mentioned his name yet. But Alex Verdugo could end up being Bloom's biggest fish because the book isn't closed on what Garrett Whitlock is and what he's going to be and what his Red Sox tenure looks like. But I, I'm just going to say it. I don't think that we're ever going to see the relief pitcher that he was in 2021. I don't think that we're going to see that again. Even if he went back? No, because I think like you, you, you can't just... That's why I just I literally just texted Jabba. I was like, hey, like we're talking about like Garrett Woodlock going like going back and forth. Like, can you hop on to like talk about your experience? So I'm going to see if if he can just like literally hop on like right now. But uh, I think that there are similarities there. Like Jabba was never what he was when he first like he was electric when he first came up as a reliever. Then they put him in the fucking rotation. Then they brought him back and it like then he got the fucking surgery. Like he was never. What he was, like he came up and like was, um, let's see, twenty. He first came up when he was twenty one years old, twenty four innings, thirty four strikeouts, and an O thirty eight ERA. And then they were like, "This is sick. Let's put him in the fucking rotation." I mean, but his second year, he started games and he also pitched out of the bullpen. Um, then his third year in the big leagues, the year that they won the World Series, he was a starter. He only pitched one game out of the bullpen. Uh, he hit 12 guys that year to lead the league, and his ERA was 475. And then the next year, uh, he went back to being a reliever full-time, a 440 ERA, uh, uh, one, call it three whip, 77 strikeouts and 71 and two-thirds. Like, that's not, 
like 12.8 like, strikeouts per ninth and 9.7. Like that, I'm just saying like, that's kind of what this is. This looks like where so it's where like, I you push back dominant is- elite reliever put in the fucking rotation, very pedestrian to mediocre, then put back and like, Oh, okay. We fucked up. But we're going to put him back in the bullpen. Not as electric, not as dominant as he was the first time that you saw it. But we've gotten a peak of that already, didn't we? When he went back last year and he was pitching through an injury at that time. And he was still very good. He so was still very good Garrett Whitlock. So we don't know. We don't know. But I do think there is a history there showing like if I go back to that role, I can still be that guy. But what will be the role at that point? Is it a one inning guy? Is it a two inning guy? You know, you're not going to expect him to go do a cutter did. Are you? Because then what's the point? Then you're playing the same game that you're playing with him in the rotation. It's just coming in later. I, I just don't think you have enough of a sample size. And Cora said it. We still view him as a starter. Now, if he has to miss, if it's two starts, like they said, all right, well, whatever. Then we have that combo. What if it turns out to be a month? What if it turns out to be two months? And he just needs legit shutdown time where like, you know, he needs a breather. Maybe that combo changes as more guys emerge as. You know, who knows? Maybe Bayo cements himself. Maybe Hulk cements himself. Cutter maybe gets an opportunity. I don't know. Things could change. Um, and maybe they look at it differently. But it doesn't seem like the Red Sox have changed their outlook on it a ton. We see why they view him as a long-term piece as a starter because of his contract and the potential of having that kind of you know, controllable starter that we're looking like the Astros have been able to build the World Series team around. And there's a guy on that Astros team we look at, Christian Javier who did something very similar to Whitlock, made the transition last year. Major reason they won the World Series, has a 348 ERA through six starts this year. So it's like, what? There, there's two ways this road goes. I think you know Whitlock can go back to the bullpen. We've already seen it. It's just, is the injury, what, what do they look as the injury you know, to blame for? Is it because he was pushing too hard in between starts to figure something out? Is it working deep into games? Is it because he's because of the velocity and he's trying to maintain and he just can't do it over that kind of stretch? None of us know. Like we're throwing darts at the wall, whatever assumption you're making here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think that like we'll ever know, really, because like Garrett Woodlock does not seem like the type of guy that's going to just like put that on the table. He's not going to start. Yeah, he's not the type of guy that's going to be like, yeah, man, I. uh, like, you know, I, I, I'm used to coming out of the bullpen, throwing 97 and I'm starting games, 93, 94. And like, I'm trying to, like, you know, get the juice back in the gun a little bit. And, you know, I, I strained it. I shouldn't have done that. I should have worked with different velocity, being able to comfortable working at a lower velocity. I don't think that we're ever going to get that from him. And that's fine. Like, I'm not saying like we owe, we we deserve that or that he owes that to us. But I'm just talking about pure curiosity of why. Why did this happen? Why does it keep happening? Because I think the important detail that you mentioned earlier is that he got hurt as a reliever in 21. Like, that's a very important detail because there are going to be fans with their pitchforks out that are like, see, Daniel Bad all over again. You put him in the fucking rotation and you fucking broke air Whitlock. Why the fuck would you do that? Well, you go back to when he was an elite dominant shutdown reliever. He got hurt doing that too. So... Uh, and it bothered him during that playoff run. He was consistently like, I remember the broadcast because we were all terrified. We Whitlock was the bullpen mm-hmm. and he would just sit there and kind of, you saw him trying to loosen it, trying to work with it. Um, I, I think we're talking about a pitcher that just has, you know, at this point, a pretty lengthy injury history. And you get to the point where you say, all right, well, does that mean his body is probably not suited for a hundred more innings in a single year? 
like people who are just like because of the rest or whatever. It's not that simple. It's a hundred more innings on you. Mm-hmm. If I told John Schreiber he had to th- like, oh, do you want to throw 180 innings or do you, are you going to be able to throw 70 innings? Like, like there's a there's a penalty that comes with that. It's a different kind of tax on the body. And that's an evaluation test for the Red Sox. And they fucked this up. It's like, all right, your evaluation might have cost you, you know, one of the best arms you've had in your organization in the last 10 years. That's a fair assessment. And, that, that and that's is, where you really got to hold time. And then the pitching staff, you know, Dave Bush, all this different stuff, Alex Corey, even, and, you know, high regard to blame mm. or give credit to. Yeah. Well, I mean, now, now you're in a position where it's like, are we going to see this guy again this year? <laughs> like, unfortunately, that's where you're at. Um, they seem positive, though. Like, now they're like, yeah, let's see what it looks like in a couple days. There's no MRI scheduled. I'm not getting too excited or too down either way. I think it's just like when it's wait and see, it's wait and see. But we, the the thing is, we knew that the rotation was going to be musical chairs this year. Like you had nine guys for five spots. Worst case scenario, like, am I like, fuck, now the season's ruined? No, because you didn't know what you had in in Garrett Whitlock, the starter anyway. Um, Getting Chris Martin back. Helps your bullpen. Uh, sending down Caleb Ort. Some people would argue that helps your bullpen. Uh, getting James Paxton back, if he's going to be able to make starts for you, that helps your rotation. So it was always going to be musical chairs. Worst case scenario with Garrett Whitlock, I'm not sitting here saying, fuck, man, like we really had a chance to surprise a lot of people this year. Now we don't. I don't feel that way. Uh, I've obviously made it very clear that I wanted him in the bullpen. I was willing to ride it out and see what he could be as a starter in, in this season. And I don't want to say now we know that he can't hack it. I don't think that that's fair. And I know that some people probably feel that way already. Um, I don't, I would still like to see more if that's what they're kind of going for here. Like, you know, we, I don't think the Red Sox have made the determination after how many starts? Three? Three. Three, three starts? They're like, yeah, that's it. This guy can't hack it. I don't feel that way. I don't think the Red Sox feel that way. So if we see him again, I don't think it's going to be uh, like what? Was it last year or the year before where he got hurt and they were just like, oh, let's just put him right back in the bullpen. Like, no, last year. Last year, the hip yeah. bark. They put him in the bullpen and stupidly let him keep pitching into the air when we all knew the team was. He had that awful stretch in Kansas City, we remember, where he clearly wasn't healthy. Uh, and then he had the surgery. But then you go to the surgery, and it's like, you know, I know some people were talking about that. He had a full healthy spring. They let him build up as slow as they could possibly take it. So it's not like he was rushing to get ready for opening day. They, they were so careful with him. And this still happened. His elbows still barked. So, I don't know. It's not great. It's really not what you want, but... You know, the outlook going into the season, you didn't know you'd have this out of Cutter Crawford and Josh Winkowski, and now you do. Mm-hmm. So that changes your equation a little bit. Yeah. I didn't get an answer from Jabba, but I would like to hear his thoughts on that because I think he could probably tell you better than anybody. You know, I made my big league debut. I was an electric reliever. They put me in the rotation. It didn't work out. They put me back in the bullpen. And I wasn't what I was. Like I don't think there's there's a better uh, 
set of circumstances that are more relatable to what we're seeing with Whitlock, unfortunately, than how the Yankees navigated Joppa Chamberlain. And I want to know, like, the ins and outs of that. I want to know the psychology behind it. I want to know the thought process, um, how he sees the Whitlock situation and whether or not uh, the Red Sox handled it the right way. It's a first-hand account. So I, I just would be, I'd love to hear why they think this happened. What caused it? Is it a mechanics thing, right? Like is something giving and putting more stress on the elbow? It's not a workload thing. He's barely thrown this year. Mm. So it's not like this is a guy who's just arm hit a wall. So what is right. it? Yeah. You know, maybe it's an in-between starts thing. Like, are we not that does his body just not respond at this point? to this kind of breather. But then I'd argue, well, he was getting similar breathers when he was throwing three, four innings. And right. they had to give him, you know, especially coming off Tommy John, they were super careful with him until mm-hmm. like the later part of the season. Yep. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, Jake, would you like to tell us a little bit about Blue Moon? Some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together. And no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. I'm going to try to get through this one pretty quick because we got Bruins Game 7 puck drop here in about five minutes. But you bet your ass that when the Bruins lost Game 6, I went straight to the store. I went to the coldest fridge in the liquor store, and I got myself a nice case of Blue Moons in preparation for tonight's Game 7. There's nothing like a Game 7, and there's no better beer to pair with a Game 7 than Blue Moon. Oh, shit, I forgot to mention Tyler. Uh, Tyler, spare me and fuck off. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian Style Wheat Ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com jared to find blue moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate that. Spare me. The last one was really good. Last one was really good. Do you? Uh, did you go back and listen to that one? I don't know if I did. I can't remember. Okay. I don't think I did. Uh, you'd re- you would remember. Mean. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy I didn't because I'm in a high positive energy mood right now. Good. You want to stay positive? Please. Uh, did you see the statistic that I tweeted out about Christopher Allen Sale? I did not. Can you tell me about it? I would love to. Uh, so this, obviously, Chris Sale had the series finale against the Cleveland Guardians, which honestly, is this a weird, is this a weird take that I'm about to give you? I no. feel better about Chris Sale after his start against the Guardians than I did against his start with the 11 strikeouts against the Twins. Now, I'll say, first off, the Twins lineup was in a horrendous place at that time. But I think we saw with the Guardians, what they did to Bay on Pavetta, those guys were not chasing a ton. They were working counts like foul ball. And we saw some of that with Sale today. Um, when you have Jose Ramirez in your lineup, 
But it felt like there really wasn't a stretch in this game where Sale was, you know, just trying to get by. It felt like he was kind of in control from start to finish overall, even when there was a little traffic in the fifth and sixth. Mm. So answer my question. Is that is that a is that a weird take? No, it's a good take, especially because two out of three. Now you have good starts and we know there was a change. Right. Yeah. Like we, you could see it. That in like, you know, there was an article in the Globe, if you want to go read it from Spear, where they were looking at sales mechanics and Cora said last episode, we talked about tipping, right? Cora, who's known for being able to read those things. And that's not a cheating thing. When he was a player, he was the guy in the dugout to go to and ask. They couldn't find a single thing. Well, now they looked at it today and they were, you know, over the five day stretch and they realized he was consistently throwing further in front of the rubber where they felt like he was getting the extension, but he was kind of going about it the wrong way. Uh, And this was something he struggled with earlier in his career where they felt like when he got to this way of, you know, extension, I guess his pitches didn't have the same movement. They became a little flatter. He kind of needed to be a little bit more back so you could get more of that break on the slider. Maybe the fastball is kind of rising a little bit more instead of being as straight. And what they did to him today, and I don't know if a lot of people saw who were watching. I listened to the game mostly on the radio. Before this start, he worked exclusively from the stretch. He reverted back to his former windup today, going across his body. And I think that might have been some of the deception that we didn't see in that last start, where, what, two swings and misses and no strikeouts? Today, we're seeing, oh, no, the swings and misses are there. It's 5Ks. Clearly, they were having problems picking up the ball. How many swings and misses? I don't have the number in front of me for today. Do you have uh, the breakdown on the pitches? Let me see if I can pull it. It was like the third inning, and he hadn't even thrown a changeup yet. And that was another fascinating part of today. Yeah, he was fastball slider for like the first three, four innings, uh, which I thought thought was going to end up biting him. Like, I don't... I have been like this for years because it all goes back to Eddie Rodriguez and it used to drive me fucking nuts when he would be fastball slider. I'm like, Eddie, you got to throw the fucking change up and he just wouldn't do it. Uh, But Chris Sale was essentially a two-pitch pitcher. So looking at today, if you're just looking for that change up usage, uh, Jared, he threw it 9% of the time. 60% four-seamer. The exact... uh, No, he threw nine. Yeah, 9 out of 98. I guess that's 9%. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. How many fastballs? And he was throwing more fastballs. He was like, he was at, he was at like fucking 90% fastballs before he threw a changeup. Yeah, he threw 59 fastballs on the day total, 60%. Okay. And touched 98 for those who uh, have not been watching, which Alex Cora after the postgame, smiling pretty heavy, saying, hey, it's a little early for that, but that's what's to come. I'll pull up his last start against the uh, against the Orioles just to get a good feel for it. Mm. Well, uh, that was something that I was really paying attention to is the pitch usage. Uh, they had a, they you said you listened to it. You didn't see any of the game on Nesson. I was posting highlights. I saw maybe the last two innings, but after he was out of the game. So they they threw a graphic up showing uh, the different like foot positioning for Chris Sale. Like one start, his feet were kind of like in line with each other. The another one, like his front foot was uh, out in front of his back foot. And then this one, he was more just kind of like open. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It, but I, I, I like that 
because it shows that he's doing work. Like he's doing work in between starts. He's trying new things. He's figuring it out on the fly. I'm sure he's working on it in his bullpens. Uh, but you mentioned the 98. That was a that was a that was a big positive in in Alex Cora's comment about being like, you know, we weren't we weren't expecting to see 98 this soon. Like that's that's a good sign. Uh, so the statistic that I alluded to earlier was, and I this kind of opens up a can of worms for a different conversation that we kind of had but didn't go super deep into. Chris Sale, when he has not pitched against the Orioles, so he's faced the Orioles twice. And he's had four starts outside of his Orioles starts. Four starts, a record of two and one, 21 and a third innings, 29 strikeouts, seven walks, only two homers. It's a 422 ERA, a 302 FIP, Tyler. Mm. A 302 FIP, a 113 whip, 12.23 strikeouts per nine, and he's averaging five and a third innings per start when he doesn't face the Orioles and looking at his game log like that still includes a stinker against Tampa. He went four innings, seven hits, six runs, five earned against Tampa. So to all the people that'll be like, oh, Carabas is back at it with the if you take out the bad starts, then he's actually good. He was not good against Tampa. All those numbers includes the start against Tampa. These aren't your words, Jared, but as Cora said, he thought he was better in Tampa than the results showed, but the defense let him down a little bit. So, you know, I'm not trying to add fuel to the fire, say that start didn't matter, but that's Alex Cora telling you, like, I thought I told Sale, like, don't beat yourself up as much over it because the defense wasn't a huge help for you in that game. Mm. And just looking here at the difference between uh, last start and this start. So we said 60% of his pitches were four seamers against the Guardians. It was 46% of the time. Against the Orioles, the slider was 33%. Slider was 22% today. Change up 9%. Change up was 14% against the um, Orioles. So he's, I mean, so he's going heavy fastballs, but he is, uh, he's, it's, I think the big thing is, it's like, is it a big arsenal change? No, I think it's the extension thing where the fastball was flat. He felt like he felt like his pitches didn't have the right movement. It felt like today was a step towards getting back to the movement he's been looking for. Like he was hitting the extension percentile number he needed to, but it was how like the big thing about Chris Hill over these years has been the deception his delivery gives you. It feels like today kind of going back to some of that stuff like they wanted him to. He was more athletic on the mound. Core keeps saying that that's what they were hoping for. He's trying to get back to the guy in his mechanics that he was before Tommy John. And Dave Bush had a quote in that story saying, listen, he, first off, he's older. Like, do you guys realize just over time in a four year period, any starting pitcher has to change how things move and how they go about the game. That's just part of it on its own. He doesn't have those reps. He, he hasn't pitched. He, he's been hurt. Like he's been dealing with different injuries. There's so many things he's kind of overcoming right now to get back to being this guy and he's supposed to do it on the biggest stage here with all, you know, with 90% of Red Sox fans holding a pitchfork saying fucking pitch. You're the biggest bust we've ever seen. Do something. You're supposed to save this team. Like it's a lot, man. And I think while we're not throwing a party, we're not telling you, Oh fuck. Yeah. Chris sales back. Just like we said last time, it's how consistently can you get into this? Well, cool. He's done it in two out of his last three starts. Not bad. 
It's better. I think a lot of people feel feared it would be even more rare than that. Can you do it three out of four? Can you do four out of five? Yeah. But that's kind of like when I was talking about this kind of opens up another conversation. Do you think now it's more likely that the Orioles have something on sale? I think the Orioles have something on multiple guys with the Red Sox. Tanner Houck swings and misses and strikeouts were down significantly against them last time out. I think that team, whether it's just seeing them a lot the last couple of years, they clearly have some kind of, they're seeing something. I think they pick up the ball very well from what the Red Sox are doing. And maybe it's a crack in Dave Bush's pitching coach abilities where they, you know, they found a give, they found a hint, but I, I just think they see the Red Sox pitcher super well. There's, there's something there. It's just multiple guys who miss a ton of bats. They're not missing bats against you. Chris Sale, first start back, makes the adjustment and stuff happens. I just think it's somewhere in the middle. Mm. You know? It's interesting. If they are seeing something, maybe they're seeing it and the Red Sox aren't. Like, is that that certainly seems to be the case? They're they're not going to tell us, oh, oh, you know, we see something. Fuck no. Why would they tell you that? They're going to keep holding in their pocket. So the next time they see you, they can smack you up. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's something they haven't even, the Red Sox haven't cracked, but. I don't know. For Sale to have that kind of start that doesn't match anything in his career and then go to this again a couple days later feels like it has to be somewhere in the middle of that conversation. Mm. Yeah. Either way, it's just good to see Sale be Sale. And uh, that's why I didn't want to get too excited after the one start against Minnesota. I was like, all right, yeah, no, this is this is nice to get back to that. It's good to see that again. Um, but I braced myself for you know, knowing his next start was against the Orioles and lo and behold, they fucked him up. So it's, how do you come back from that? And his next start came today, Sunday, if you're listening to this tomorrow, uh, on Monday, six and a third, only three hits allowed, one earned, no walks. That's probably my favorite thing about the whole fucking outing. Not that he went and got pitched into the seventh, only got hit uh, three times, the one earned run. That's great. Five strikeouts, you know, pretty good. But the no walks for me, that's what did it. I was like, listen, Chris Sale, even when he was struggling, uh, was still the velocity was there. It's just he couldn't locate it. You go out there and you pitch into the seventh and you don't walk anyone. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And like the other part of it is like when he was in jams, like in the fifth and sixth innings and. You know, there was an error from Devers that made life a little tough. He had a hit by pitch and then some bad Babbitt block. He didn't fold. He was able to figure it out. He stuck with it. And before you knew it, it was like, oh, wow, Chris Sale, he can dot it to get out of this. He had the confidence to trust his stuff. That plays into the profile. I think the positive is when sometimes these pitchers, they're gone for years. They come back and they don't have the stuff like it just doesn't exist. There's still the right ingredients there to make Chris Sale like a good pitcher. It's up to the coaching staff and him. He's putting in more work than, you know, he's saying than he's ever had between starts. Can they make it? Can, can they make Chris Sale be this guy consistently? I think they can. And I, I think the fact that you have the, those ingredients in the first place is a major win. Two out of the last three times you've baked the cake correctly. Mm-hmm. Don't burn it. You burnt it against the Orioles. That shit sucked. But they might have thrown some poison in there, too. We don't know. They could have. I'm just happy. I feel good. Jake, how do you feel right now? I mean, honestly, like compared to how we our expectations were to start the season, like we're coming out of April 
one game above 500. Like, look at the Yankees. I feel like we're in a pretty good spot. We're in a great spot. What do we always say? If you're around 500 when Trevor Story gets back, mm. anything can happen. Now it's like, well, if you're around 500 when Trevor Story and Adam Duvall comes back, it's mm. a goal. Those are two things. Like, all right. Like, the, there's things on the other side. Now you, Mondesi. Mondesi will be back June 1st. Yeah, you know, what will he be? I don't know. Beats me. But something. And hey, now, you know, shout out Christian Arroyo. Christian Arroyo is hey. alive. Hey. Mr. Hey. Christian Arroyo guy himself, Jared Caravis. I fucking love me some Christian Arroyo. But we didn't even talk about this moment yet. It's a big moment. We haven't even mentioned it. The 2 nothing. win it they win it in 10 Verdugo strikes again he drives in Christian Arroyo and the Red Sox win it 8 to 7 I mean what a way to win a ball game this is why the fun part of having a runner on second base in the late innings two great closers crazy Alex Verdugo already has how many fucking walk-off hits with the Red Sox four Five now. Five with the Red Sox. I thought that was for his whole career. I think it's seven. Was that the tweet his brother put out? Yes. Chris Verdugo with Alex's walk-off hit last night. He is now tied with Derek Jeter with seven career walk-off hits. Uh, Five of those came with the Boston Red Sox. And he already has two this year. Yep. Two this year. We had the uh, walk-off against the Twins as well. Can I give you another stat, please? This is from Sox Notes. Um, But in the last three years, Verdugo is batting 500 with a 625 OBP in the following situation. Ninth inning or later at Fenway, tied or trailing by three or less. That's a 12 for 24, seven walks and a hit by pitch. And over that 10, three of those have been walk-off singles. Hmm. Like that is a guy made for Boston in that moment. There's yeah. no one else I want at the plate. No disrespect to Rafael Devers. I love Devers. Best hitter on the team. You but in a big moment. Nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. In a big moment where the game is on the line, I saw what Alex Verdugo did in the 2021 postseason where he thrived as well. I want him there. I know he's going to get the bat on the ball. He's going to put it in play. And we've seen it. He A lot of the time it's hits, but he's not going to strike out in those moments. He's going to give you something. And more often than not, it's been game winning hits. Who else? Who else do you want in that spot? When Verdugo came up, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, he's going to do it. (laughs) This guy fucking does it in those moments. And he's done it all season long. Even today where he had that bad error, like he gives you the big hit when the rain was coming down and we thought the game was about to end. Homer later, like again and again, he rises to the occasion. He wants the big moments for a guy who grew up loving David Ortiz. That clutch gene is in him. Some of that DNA, it's inside Alex Verdugo. Just a hint of it. I'm not saying he's David Ortiz or anything like that. But the clutch gene from him, it's intertwined just a little bit. I don't know where DNA is or what part of the body it's in. But there's something there. There's a similarity. I see it. I felt it. By the way, I'm not going to name names or anything. But during this walk-off, 
I'm at the game with my dad. It's freezing. So we were sitting in section 10. Lasted probably like seven, seven and a half innings. And then we go up to State Street where I usually sit. There's this dude there with his girlfriend. He's a huge, he's a huge fan. He's, he's listening right now. What's up, dude? Appreciate so, me. Yeah. So he's there with his girlfriend. They're both shit faced. And he's being cool. She is just does not know what planet she's on. So she's like, like jumping all like I'm like, I'm trying to watch the game. She's like doing jumping jacks in my face and shit. And I'm like, I, 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 I you know, I just want to watch the game. And then she's like getting in my ear and like trying to like whisper in my ear. And she's like, he's just like, he's just like a really big fan of yours. And like, just, just be nice. And just like, just, just like, you know, just talk to him. He's such a, he's a big fan. And just, I'm uncomfortable now. I'm like, I'm like, listen, I was like, I thank you. I appreciate it. But it is like, uh, bases loaded bottom of the ninth. There's two outs. And a tie, like I'm just, I'm just trying. Like I gotta watch the game. I gotta it didn't seem like he needed the support either. It seemed like he was a cool guy that you. No, were cool he was. With. He was very cool. He was very cool. Uh, but she's just like, I don't know what she wanted me to do. She wanted me to like fucking like make this kid's life. But like, you want me to like kiss him? I don't know what the hell you wanted me to do. So I'm trying to fucking watch the game. He's trying to watch the game too, obviously. Uh, and then like the Red Sox walk off. And she's like jumping up and down. She fuck. No, no, no. It was when Arroyo tied it. So Arroyo tied it. She's jumping up and down. She fucking whacks me in the head. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And she's like, uh, he hates me. Like, he's annoyed by me. He hates me. And I'm like, you just fucking hit me in the head. Like, you I'm striked just, me. Yeah, I was just trying to watch the fucking game. So I was, uh, I, as the Red Sox were coming back against the Guardians on Saturday when they walked it off, just know that I was in hell. I was in hell surrounded by drunk people. And I'm just like, if you know me, even when I go to the games with my dad, like me and my dad don't even really fucking talk. We just sit there and we watch the game. Like we just were, we're focused on the game or whatever. But oh man, I, I tried to enjoy the walk off as much as I could, but just know that I was in hell. It was it, in hell, but Red Sox won. Alex Verdugo with another walk off homers on Sunday, homers on Sunday. He had what he had like a bad throw though. There was like a play where he had like a shit throw. I, I yeah, he was on the radio for that. I didn't see it. He was kind of the reason that uh that or at the time basically after that first runner scored, he threw it in and there was a chance that uh that second runner was gonna be able to come in to tie the game if Sale didn't mm-hmm. edge his way out of it. So it did it didn't go wrong, but that's what could have happened. Just an yeah. unnecessary throw. Yeah. He but hey, it out. He's been elite defensively in right field. So am I gonna bitch at the guy? Fuck no. And then yep. what does he do after he hits a homer? And the thing I want to say about Verdugo, it's like he has four homers in 29 games. If you just multiply that times five, let's call it 30, what 30 times five, that's 150. He's close to a 20 home run pace, a little better than that, actually over 162. Like what Alice core told him, Hey, you don't have to hunt for the power. You don't need to try and hit the ball over the bullpen. That's not you. We've now seen it twice this year. He's driven balls kind of near that foul pole or a little, you know, a little left of it. That's something we didn't see from Verdugo before. That's what Cora was telling him. Stick to your approach and those homers will come to you. Now we're seeing it. And we're talking about a guy who he could hit 20 jacks this year. If he hits 20 homers and hits 300 the way he is, payday. Give the, give the contract the all-star coming. break. Payday's already coming. I feel like that's like a, that's like a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, after the year, I mean, it's it's a it's a month. It is. It's one month. Um, 
but it is uh, something special that we're seeing from Alex Verdugo. What's his uh, what's his F war up to? I can grab that for you right now. He's up to an 851 OPS and like he had been a little cold, you know, coming into the last couple of days. But if, if you look at what the F war is for the season right now, it is still at one for the year, but that's not including today. Okay. All right. Can, can we mention the other guy in that deal? Connor Wong. He had a Wong dong today. Oh my God. He obliterated mm. that baseball. Yeah, and this is time. after a three hit day yesterday. Had a big moment where he stole second and that allowed another run to come in on a bad throw. And he's been one of the best defensive catchers in all of baseball so far this season. What are you measuring that by? Uh, what do you mean? Like Connor Wong? No, the best defensive catcher thing. What do you use? Uh, anything. So the big one is pop time for me. Now, does that do it alone? No, but we're talking about a guy who's thrown, I believe, six out of 12 attempted base dealers so far this year. Mm-hmm. And if we pull up the baseball savant page right here and we can kind of see what he's cooking with. I put out a tweet of his throws on Twitter the other day, and I believe the only catcher with a better pop time right now is JT Romuto mm. going to second he's, base. He's making a lot of money. And if we're talking Connor Wong, who's raised his you know hitting stats across the board now, I think he's hitting 240 for the year. It won't take much, and he's already gotten more starts than Reese this year. Part of that's because of their matchups. But Connor Wong hit 15 homers in 81 games at AAA last year. If he can get anywhere near 15 to 20 home runs with elite defense. Is that not your catcher moving forward? Should be. And then you're talking about a guy in Verdugo. On the other hand, too, like there's probably people listening to this being like, isn't Reese McGuire hitting like 375? Yes, but he's had a hard time behind the plate and he doesn't seem fully healthy. That Cora, you know, hinted at ever since his hand got hit. Mm -hmm. Isn't feeling super comfortable at the plate right now. But he brings something to the team that's different. It's speed on the base pass, which we're seeing with Duran. It can have an impact. It did on us. What? Saturday. Wong is like that. I mean, not Wong. Uh, Reese McGuire is like the fucking Babip King. Like if you watch highlights of Reese McGuire at the plate, he just fucking throws a bat out there and just like dumps balls into shallow left field. Like kind of like what Duran did today with the uh, the ground rule double. He's he's had a couple of those like Duran. Like what are the updated stats on Jaron Duran? Let me pull those up. But just for reference on Wong real quick, mm. when I tweeted this out on the 27th, he was tied for the MLB lead amongst catchers in defensive run saved at five. Pretty good. So like, like that's where he's at. And what do you want on Jaron Duran? Jaron Duran's hitting 396 with a 1061 OPS. And he didn't have a great day today overall. Had he a nice had a little double? double that snuck in. But like, you know, he catch. wasn't a great catch. And that's the thing that's kind of sticking out to me. Couple really nice plays in center field the last week or so for him where he's getting to balls that I don't think a lot of people thought he would get to. No, Jaron Duran's a guy. You gonna say it? Oh yeah. You know me. You cannot read my article on it. Is Jaron Duran a guy at 98.5 sports com? Is that, but, is uh, that the headline? Yeah. I wrote it based off of our conversation. <laughs> that was kind of the, the sourcing uh, for a lot of it. That's great. Um, I like that. I, I had done the research for the podcast. So I was like, why not turn it into something? But, where is yeah, that? Where another, can people find that? 985 thesportshubcom Look up Tyler Milliken. It's a great piece, in my opinion. Um, I bet it is a great piece. Thank you. I think I'm an okay writer. I'm working on it. Yeah, I'll, I'm uh, going to read that. Please send feedback. Hmm. Um, but yeah, and even this series, we saw the doubles in that first game. It was sad you couldn't take advantage of it. But what more do you want? He's top five in doubles 
in baseball <laughs> and he's played in 13 games. Like how ridiculous is that as a stat on its own? Yeah, there were people in the Section 10 Reddit asking uh, what it takes to qualify. It is 3.1 plate appearances per the number of games that your team has played. So he's got like 40 and change plate appearances and he's going to need like 80 plus at this point. So and, and that's the shitty thing. We don't get to see all of the baseball savant red circles until he hits that qualifier. That's only for for qual. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Percentile. I don't know if it's exactly qualifying, but he needs to hit a certain li- limit before he is. You know, you're able to see the whole thing if you look up another player. Mm. So right now, if you go on, all you see is max exit velo and sprint speed, which he's 84th percentile max exit velo, 87th percentile sprint speed. And I think that's a little bit, you know, those numbers get jaded by, you know, you're walking into second. We see how fast he is. It's fast kid a lot. Looked like the Guardians were caught off uh, guard a little bit today when he was coming from second base on that yeah. Verdugo blooper. That's one of the that's one of the Red Sox biggest strengths. They've got guys that are fast as fuck. Didn't have that when the year started. Do we have any data that can back up their ability to go first, third better than most teams? Is there data for that? Um, I don't think so. Nothing There's got to comes... be. We we need to we need to get someone on that. Jake, get a get a fucking nerd on that. Thank you. A better nerd than me, please. Yeah, we need a we need a big time first third nerd. <laughs> That's I need a nerd that uh that specializes in first to third ability. They're out there. Mm-hmm. We'll get them. Uh I mean, I feel like this this isn't a huge debate for Clark SketchUp series MVP. Do you think it will be? No, I don't. I, I think we know where we're going. I felt like the Twitter people knew. I was getting a lot of it. A lot of it before even the homer hit later uh, later in this one today. I saw I saw a lot of support for Christian Royal. He deserved man. I'm telling you in five hits over the last two days for him. Obviously, his hit gets kind of thrown under the rug yesterday, uh, it, but really sparked that 10 to run double today that you saw that catch. He made a short stop short and he's doing all this with a bad hamstring. It is it is actually bad. It does, it looks rough. Like honestly, watching him, he looks uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But he talked about it before the year. It's learning to you know kind of say what can you play through and what can't you play through. He's doing it, and it means even more because Kike's hurt right now. Mm. Bad ankle. Should we call Coley? Please. Wait, 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 wait. What? Is it wrong to call him before we play the song, or do we call him and then play the song? I think he's got to hear the song. Good take. Honestly, I even considered not playing the song because there are some people that like it and there are some people that don't like it. And I was we gotta not, play it. I was gonna not play it so that the people that like it can bully the people that don't like it because we didn't play it. That's what we should do. I'm gonna I'm gonna call Coley right now. The positivity on the subreddit heavily outweighed the negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coley. Uh-huh. I did something different this week. What's that? Um, I didn't I didn't read the statistics and then call you. I called you before I read the statistics and I called you before I played the song. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, put it put it on a uh, speakerphone so your kids can hear it. Start me up. <laughs> Oh, 
Ketchup Series MVP is brought to you by Clark's Ketchup. Drizzle that ketchup. Uh, this was a two games to one series victory for the Boston Red Sox over the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, our own Coley Mick is here. Tyler's here. Jake's here. And uh, I'm going to read you some numbers right here. I'm, I'm only. Do you think, Coley, that it, it should be a qualifier? that you have to play in all three games. And if you're a position player, not it, you can still be eligible if you're a starting pitcher or a reliever, but for a position player, you have to play in all three games. No, I mean, I think if you sweep, yeah. Um, yeah, even then, no minimum two. All right. Okay. All right. So then I set the qualifier to two games who led the Boston Red Sox in batting average this series. It was Christian Arroyo. He hit seven fourteen. He hit 714 and seven at bats. He played two games. Had a 1635 OPS. Connor Wong hit 625 with a 1625 OPS. Then you have Jaron Duran. These are, these are the guys that played three games. These are the guys that actually should matter the most. Jaron Duran hit 385. That leads the Red Sox if you don't count Arroyo and Wong, who played two games. Uh, hit 385 with a 1077 OPS. Then you have Alex Verdugo who hit 286 with a 905 OPS. Those are going to be your candidates uh, for Clark's Ketchup Series MVP. Then you go down to hits. Who led the Red Sox in hits this series? Guess who? Christian Arroyo led the Red Sox with five hits. Connor Wong also had five hits. Jaron Duran had five hits. So there's virtually no separation there. Uh, then you go to extra base hits. Jaron Duran had four. Um, Emmanuel Valdez had three. Have not mentioned him yet. Alex Verdugo had two. Masataki Yoshida had two. Total bases? That's Jaron Duran. Nine. Then you have Alex Verdugo with eight, who ties Connor Wong with eight. Uh, then you get down to Christian Royo six. Runs batted in. I know people don't love the statistic, but Alex Verdugo drove in five runs this series. Christian Arroyo drove in four. Rafael Devers drove in three home runs. Not a ton of home runs in this series, but you did get one from Devers. You got one from Verdugo and you got one from Connor Wong. Those are the numbers. Those are the numbers. Uh, I am going to preemptively ask our manager, Alex Cora who the MVP is, but I'm going to say MVP candidates, candidates this series are uh, Arroyo, Verdugo. Why is Sale not a candidate? Sale? <laughs> we heavily considered it last time. They, they only won two games. If they won three, I wouldn't even bring it up, but we wouldn't even be having this conversation unless they won three. That's fair. <laughs> 
I also have to vote Verdugo. I'm going Verdugo. All right. Coley has voted Verdugo, and he's gone. Um, he seemed very right. stressed. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's dad life. Um, Arroyo, Verdugo, Duran, Sale. Are there any other candidates that we that I'm missing? Because I'm an idiot. No, I'm trying like bullpen wise. Like Schreiber had one good day, one bad day. Would you? Today, would you this consider is, this is Bernardino? Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You try to push the weirdest narratives. I'm just saying, like, I didn't think he was that bad play. in the 10th inning, and today he closed it out. It's going to be between, I mean, I, I don't think Wong, did Wong throw out any base dealers? Yeah, he threw out one. Hmm. Well, I'm going to narrow it down to a Royal Verdugo Duran sale. Is that fair? I feel for Wong because I feel like he did more in the series than Duran overall. Duran's damage came in a game that didn't really count or it didn't matter because they lost. That's, Wong that's not had it. Yeah, I think I pushed Duran out for this one. Wong, big hits yesterday and today in the win. All right, let's see. Let's see what our manager says. The, the call is in. The call is in for the core vote. <clears throat> um, Mm. So, are, are you having doubts? I'm not having doubts. You're just going through the exercise. I'm just going through the exercise. I feel like you know because you're you're determining who should win. You're also determining ketchup packets. Uh, I'll step out and say I think over time having the conversation about Crisell like we did last time. I don't feel comfortable picking him since he did not pitch obviously in the other game. It was big. I think he led the way for the series win. But I can't put it over, you know, guys who had big hits yesterday and today are in one in Verdugo who had legit the game winning hit yesterday. And you can argue the game winning hit today. How do you have the game winning hit today? Well, what was the final score? Seven to one. Yeah. Verdugo's blooper. Made hey, it two nothing later. Yeah. But that second run was the game winning run. All right. I see what you're saying. My vote is Alex Verdugo. I'm going to join you as well on that. Uh, I'll put my hand up just simply for the fact Yeah, he had the game winning hit the day before today. The big hit when the rain's coming down a homer later. Did he have did he hit in every single game? No, he didn't have a hit in that first game, but he did have an RBI. So he contributed to a run scoring in all three games. Wong Arroyo didn't play in all three games. an interesting conversation happening with our manager right now. Did he go another way? Oh no. He considered he's I think he's considering he's considering an off the board option. I don't know that that's his uh, that's his official <laughs> Bernardino. He 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 went off the board, but he just said the, their last name with a question mark to be like, "Oh, this isn't a fucking candidate." But I don't know if he's going to go th- with that with his vote. Can you reveal it? There's Connor Wong. All right. I don't, well, I had Wong ahead of Duran. I think we added him to the board. He's part of the plate. That's I, I only I only put a Royal Verdugo, Duran and Sale. I said these are the MVP candidates, but I don't know if he's going to vote Wong right now. He could. I have Verdugo one Wong slightly ahead of Arroyo, I think. I mean, Arroyo tied it. You could that be is true. You could, you could put Sale on the mound. 
in in the series finale being like, hey, if we don't win today, we're going to get fucking swept. Not bad. It's a good it's a good take. Yeah. And he had a two run double to make it a blowout. Because now it's like you have five one game. Arroyo makes it seven one. But five one, it's like, all right, yeah, no, like you, you just you use different bullpen arms in that scenario. And both of them had nice defensive moments as well. Wong mm-hmm. throws out a guy, Arroyo steals a hit today. Mm-hmm. Then does Arroyo get extra points because he's playing hurt? That, yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. But that Wong homer through the rain today was something beautiful. It was. Did you officially vote, Tyler? Yeah, I'm going to stick with Verdugo and I'll give uh, a bunch of packets to Arroyo, Wong, Sale. I'll, I'll throw a packet to Bayo. They just needed a solid start and he delivered while battling, obviously, some issues on the mound. Mm-hmm. And Josh Winkowski. Josh Winkowski gave you a nice inning. We need to have some sort of fucking integrity here. You can't just be throwing packets around like crazy. Man, a nine pitch scoreless eighth inning is pretty good. Okay, he threw nine pitches and he gets a catch up packet. You're going to put him in the same class as Connor Wong if he doesn't win this fucking thing? I'm just, I'm just giving him. I'm not saying it's the same I size know. packet. Uh, you know. Can't do that. Can't just be throwing around packets. Like that. Jake, who you got? Uh, I mean, walk-offs for me are just such big catch-up points. Like, I just see a walk-off single, and I just picture catch-up everywhere. Um, <laughs> and, like, Verdugo's second walk-off of the year, he's on pace for 12 walk-offs this year. Um, so I'm going Doogie. Mm. I think this might be reverse psychology from Alex Cora. What do you mean? Continuing to want to light a fire under Verdugo's ass. Mm. Saying, hey, I see it. Respect. But hey, not this one. He gave him one earlier, right? Yeah, he voted for uh, Verdugo when he when he lost. Maybe he's trying to give something to Wong. Maybe maybe he's trying to make the Mookie Betts trade look good. Or is that what happened? That he he voted for Doogie. I thought right. Yeah, that was the one me and you were arguing over. I think you picked someone outside of Verdugo. It was it was the Minnesota series. Yeah, I think he won that one. Yeah, and who did you you would pick someone differently? I think you would pick someone. I had picked it, and then Cora. I think I said sale. It was, that was the sale. Yes, yeah, that's what that was. Yeah, but he voted for Verdugo, and I think he was the swing vote. No, he was. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't answer, I'm going to put his vote in as Connor Wong. I I think Wong definitely deserves love. He kind of did it all this series. Well, either way, I mean, the f- four of us went Alex Verdugo. So Alex Verdugo, your Clark's Ketchup <laughs> Series MVP. Is this his second already this year? Second this year. Second this year, Alex Verdugo, Clark's Ketchup Series MVP for the series victory against the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, we'll see. Because maybe they'll be we'll count like vote points at the end of the year. Because I mean, this vote still could count at the end of the year of like who the the Clark's Ketchup season MVP is. I think so far, if we're being honest, Verdugo is that guy. So I think it feels right that he has the most so far. Jake, are we keeping track of everyone's votes? Well, now we're gonna put out a graphic with everyone, so it'll be pretty easy to keep track. Okay. Does Devers have two so far? I think he only has one. 
Duvall has one. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get Did- the we'll have to get the updated because it is being tracked. It is being tracked, but now, uh, now we're gonna have to keep track of who the Clark's Ketchup season MVP is because that person gets a bucket of ketchup. I don't even know how we're gonna be able to present that. Does is do we need to have a trophy? I feel like we need to no, hand it, it to it, that player. Yeah, I will. It's a it's a it's a literal bucket of ketchup. Like think about like the white like uh like the work bucket that I'm talking like about. Like a chum you know? bucket. Like from yes. SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. It's just full of ketchup. Fresh ketchup? Um, at the time. Or are we just like adding to this bucket as we hand out packets and hand out ketchup every single week? No, it's just uh it's just it's just a bucket of fresh ketchup. That thing must be so heavy. Sounds like a good time though. What would you do with a big ass bucket of ketchup, Tyler? <laughs> Things I can't say on this podcast. Mm. Actually, you can. I'm a very big ketchup guy. I will eat spoonfuls of ketchup. For real? Yeah, I'd dive into that thing. I'll be smooth love- with it too. Whoever wins the Clark's Ketchup season MVP, I just need a picture of them just taking a big old scoop of ketchup oh. and eating it with Tyler. But can't you picture Verdugo with like that smile on his yeah. face? Like, oh my God. Get yeah. a little ketchup on the beard. I can get a little on mine. Mm-hmm. It'd be a moment. Yeah, that's a bar. You would know. So, yeah, I love ketchup. I put ketchup on everything. Uh, this- Let's fucking get the stop and shop look ahead so that we can get the fuck out of here because the Bruins game is about to start. And I know that Jake and Tyler are probably like dying inside, not being able to. Oh, I'm not really super anxious, but bad news. They're losing one nothing after the first period. It's already in. What? I, so I, 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 I I'll be honest. 730. Me and you are so out of the loop. I asked Jake when the pod started. I was like, the Bruins start at seven tonight or 630. And he was like, nah, 630. I thought they started at 730. Holy shit. They're already losing. Yep. Jake, are you all right? I'm not doing great. Yeah, I didn't think you would be. <laughs> Sorry. That's brutal. All right. Um, baseball season's rolling. This is the best time of the year, and there are games on all day, every day. When I'm watching all the games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. And thanks to the Xfinity 10G network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra-low lag so you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next-generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Jared, can I tell you something? Please. Right now. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox are tied for the third wild card. Three way tie between or four way. The Red Sox are crafty. Wow. Uh, by the way, Alex Cora's official vote is Connor Wong. Respect. I like it. It's a good pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the Red Sox might have their starting catcher of the future. It may take a little time, maybe some some ups and downs, but 
in a league where the catching position is very shallow, I think Wong could be fine back there. Good defensively, offers pop with the bat and some speed. Okay. That's your manager's pick. Hell of a receiver as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stop and Shop, look ahead. Brought to you by Stop and Shop. Head on down to Stop and Shop and uh, use the promo code Section 10. You get 10 cents off each tangerine when you buy up to five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop. Uh, it's a four-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays. I don't feel great about this one. Just going to say that up front. Uh, you're going to get Jose Barrios versus Corey Kluber in the opener. Uh, what is it? You say? You say Kikuchi? How do you yes. say this? You say. You say Kikuchi versus Tanner Houck. Uh, the Jays have not named a starter for the last two games, but you're getting Nick Pavetta, my guy, Nick Pavetta, in game three on Wednesday, and then the series finale, which is a random six. Ten. Like, what the fuck does that do? Either either do 135 or do seven. Like, what the fuck is a 6.10 p.m. start going to do? 6.10. 6.10. Okay. Yeah. In the series finale, and that's Brian Bayo, uh, Jose Barrios, Barrios. This guy sucked to start the season. Um, first sucked start last year. Yeah, first start was against the Kansas City Royals. Gave up eight earned runs. Followed that up with four earned runs and four innings against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California. And over his last three starts, though, three starts. 19 innings, 18 strikeouts, no homers allowed, a 142 ERA, a a 194 FIP, uh, opponents hitting 167 with a 385 OPS. So he has been nails uh, over his last three starts. And his most recent start against the Chicago White Sox, who, by the way, they suck. I know that they had a big comeback victory today, and that's great. It's the first time that they've won a game in like two weeks. Literally, uh, but he went seven innings, four hits, shutout, one walk, nine strikeouts. Um, you say Kikuchi. He's kind of like uh, he's gotten a little lucky this year, Tyler. He's got an even three ERA and five starts, but the FIP is 484. What were you going to say about Kikuchi? I've seen so much hype this year because he has cut the walk rate down considerably. Mm-hmm. It was 5.2 per nine last year. It's down to two per nine right now. But mm-hmm. he likes to give up homers. He does. Hey, at Fenway Park, let's cook. You start getting homers early, then you might actually have something. He's due for a little regression. Kikuchi has made five starts this year. He's given a home run and he's given up a home run in all of them, except for his most recent start, which was against the White Sox of all teams to not give up a home run. Um... Gave up three bombs to the Angels. And uh, his best start of the season came against the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, this was in the middle of their, their fucking... Uh, th- well, the, the Blue Jays were the first team to like beat them. But they did that on the back of a six-inning, four-hit, one-earned run, nine-strikeout performance with just one walk back on... April 15th. So he's had one blow up start. That was the three homer game against the Angels. He gave up six earned and four and a third. But since that blow up start, he's made three starts, 17 and two thirds innings, 20 strikeouts, only allowed two earned runs. That is a 102 
ERA over his last three starts. Those starts have come against the lineups of the Tampa Bay Rays, New York Yankees, and Chicago White Sox. Uh, I'd say that's only impressive against the Rays. Fair or unfair? That's fair. Opponents hitting 194 with a 533 OPS in those three starts. Uh, But the FIP, 325. So he's had a little bit of luck. He's had a little bit of luck, but it's hard to knock the results because Kikuchi, uh, outside of that one blow-up start against the Angels, has pitched very well. So, uh, I don't know, like, who is, I don't even, like, because they they haven't named the starters, but I don't know who else we would have gotten in this series. The reality is you should probably be nervous because we know what the other starters in the rotation are. Pretty good. Pretty good. I won't um, lie. I would love to see Alec Manoa in Toronto or against Verdugo at Fenway Park. You talk about a guy who's really hitting his stride in Verdugo. Manoa being Alec Manoa. Oh, that is that's must watch baseball. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. It's just a, like, well, it was tough because like the story got some heat and then it died off super quickly just because they weren't playing each other. Mm. Oh, just for reference, Gosman pitched yesterday. OK, so we don't get Gosman. That's great because he owns the fucking Red Sox. Yep. So we'll get Manoa. And who who the fuck else would we have gotten? We got going down the list here. Who are we missing? Chris Bassett. He got rocked today, didn't he? Bassett pitched today. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to see Manoa then. Definitely seeing Manoa. There you go. And then we'll also see Gossman. Ew. That's depressing. Right? Yeah, but if he pitched yesterday, that's the same as Bayo pitching yesterday. Well, they and don't Bayo's- have anyone. Who the fuck else would they have? They ha- it has to be Gosman. It has to be Gosman on Thursday. It's a four-game set, so he- he'd have to be Thursday. Oh, yeah. Math. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So it's Manoa Gosman. <laughs> oh, great. Well, I mean, it's been a... I don't even want to call it a mixed bag. I mean, Manoa's been bad, except for when he pitched against the Yankees because he pitched to get with the hatred of uh, <laughs> Gary Cole in his heart. Which is Does he bring that same hatred for Verdugo? Probably. Could be a long day. Beat it to me. Okay, we'll see. Hey, maybe, can't maybe cuss out Bobby Delvick anymore. He's not on this team. Mm. And Franchi was the first guy that he fucking Yeah. Try doing that to this team. I feel like the response will be a little bit different. Yeah, he literally, he bitched out two of the nicest guys. Cornball. Hey, I like Manoa. I like the way he pitches. I don't like when he does shit like that. I'm fine showing energy, but Verdugo put it perfectly. Don't show up the guys, you know, who you're striking out. Celebrate with your team. Flex at your team. Do all that. You don't got to show up two guys, especially Bobby Dubick and Franchi Cordero. Like two sweethearts of dudes. Like spare me on that. Spare me. Spare me. Uh, Prediction time. Jake, I'm going to let you go first because I know you're you're down right now. And uh, is it still one nothing? Yeah, it's the first intermission. OK, so. All right, cool. Um, all right. Prediction time, Jake. What, what makes you feel good right now? Yeah. Um, look, I know we all like to have fun on here and I pick sweeps all the time and everyone laughs, but <laughs> I think it's time to be a little realistic. And realistically, these guys are due for a sweep. I got the socks taken all four. That's fucking right, <laughs> Jake. That's fucking right. Did I hit the wrong button? It, Jesus. Hold on. Uh, that's my bad. That's my bad. Uh, that's fucking right, Jake. It's a four-game sweep for the Boston Red Sox against the Toronto Blue Jays. And listen, I, I would love nothing more than for that to happen. 
And you can't win with these picks because either you're too negative or you're too repetitive. Like if you pick two out of three every single time because you don't want to pick a sweep because Jake picks a sweep, then it's like, all right, well, now I'll go two out of three. It's like, oh, you pick two out of three every time. You're too afraid to pick a series loss. I said the Guardians were going to take one out of three. I mean, or the Red Sox were going to take one out of three from the Guardians. They took two out of three. If I went with my gut, which was two out of three, it would have been right. Hey, it's someone once told me, what's that song you played last time? Uh, listen to your heart. Yeah, you need to start doing that. I'm going to listen to my heart. In this Man one. up. Yeah. Do you want my prediction? Yeah, I already know what it is. You're going to say split because you don't have the balls to say that the Red Sox are going to win this series. You're right. I am going split. You know me <laughs> yeah, too I well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think while some things are working, I'm, I am worried about Kenley not having him the first game. I think against the Blue Jays, any games you are going to pull out are going to be super tight and kind of back and forth. Um, at least knowing you're not going to have him for at least one day, I wouldn't be surprised if it bleeds into another. Could be a problem. We'll see where the bullpen is at at that point. Chris Martin's kind of getting back into it and trying to get comfortable. Um, and who knows what Kike? They're going to give him another day, it seems like. So that's part of this equation as well. I'm going to take a split. I think they hold their own. They show the classic 2023 Red Sox fight, but I don't think they're winning this one. I would be happy to get out of here with a split. You going lower than me? I'm considering it. Don't put us back under 500, Jared. I'm considering it. But I'm not going to go there. May is a new month. Okay. You were... I know it's a game over 500 for the month of April, but you're essentially a 500 team, right? Red Sox are going to have a convincingly winning record in the month of May. Against that gauntlet? And it starts by taking three out of four against the Blue Jays in this series. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Who's leading the way? Um, Devers going to like get Yoshida. scorching hot? Yoshida. Whoa. Mm-hmm. 10-game hitting streak, Masataka Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, all I know of, I've seen him falling in love with that monster the last couple of days. Seen a lot of baseballs it. bounce off that thing. Yep. You know, he'll go thrown out second sometimes, but it doesn't mean he didn't hit the ball off the wall. Happens once and you learn. Happens yep. to the best of us. Um, yeah, Quan played a great uh, left field with the monster. Um. And he has Tito in the dugout who's going to give you everything yeah. you want. Nice seeing him at Fenway, by the way, this weekend. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Millsy. I always love seeing him. Pap. Elsie. Ah. It's really good. Mm. Uh, what was the other thing that I wanted to add about this series? Blue Jays? Yeah. Anything on the pitching side? No, I mean, I, I like the guys that we have lined up for this series. You think Pavetta does well against the Blue Jays? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think he goes five and gives up fucking five and the Red Sox win the game. ERA is going to be like a six at that point. Who gives a fuck the Red Sox win? This team scores runs. Yeah, we score runs, dude. I, I, I like our guys. I like my team. I like my club. Let's hope that Manoa's struggles continue. Uh, let's hope that Kikuchi getting lucky means that he gets unlucky uh, in, in Boston. Uh, I think Gosman's probably going to be the game that you lose. He just uh, He's going to go like fucking eight and a third. He just always does. It's just got to eat that one. Yeah, he's, he's fucking Roy Halladay. It's every time it's just like, yep, he'll be on the mound in the eighth, guaranteed. It's just whether or not he's going to throw a complete game or not. Eight innings in the bag. 
Um, and then Barrios, I'm not sold. Like, congrats on beating up on the White Sox. They fucking suck. The FIP's really good. Yeah. Sub three. Good for him. I'm happy for him. I got three out of four. I think we have a nice Christian Arroyo series. That'd be nice. When he seems to get hot, it carries a little bit. I think him and Connor Wong could have a couple nice games. And I need Devers to give me a little more. I agree. He's still not hitting, mad. Like, the batting average is taking a fucking plummet, but he's still hitting the ball really hard. Ten homers. Like the power is there. He's hit big homers when you needed it. Just give me a little more consistency. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. He's hitting the ball on the ground a lot. And uh those can be hits with, with the shift being banned, but um, he has he has uh, hit a lot of balls hard that are just like right at the second baseman. Um, so we'll see. All right. That was that. We always fucking hit two hours. It's impressive. Yeah. I it's felt like always... last year we didn't that much. No, but I feel like these podcasts, like the, the conversations. I mean, the Red Sox sucked last year. They like they just sucked. So there wasn't much to talk about for the games because who gave, who gives a fuck about the wins and losses stuff? It was all the in-between stuff. Uh, now, this year, we're talking about the games, but we're also talking about the in-between in stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, I hope people like the the Meteor pods. Stop fighting with each other on, on the Reddit. Um, <laughs> I'll be in there checking out what you guys are talking about. I'll jump in the conversation when prompted, but I'll let you guys just talk about, amongst yourselves. And I'm going to join the conversation. You are going to join the conversation. Do you it's have an time. account or no? Uh, so I have like a burner, I guess, that I Jesus. use that just, just so I can see. But I, right. it, last year, I didn't feel, you know, I guess firmly enough in the game to feel like I could be in there and, you know, taking part this year. I feel like it's time. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Take a, take a second to make a Tyler Milliken Reddit account. And then, uh, yeah, you can jump in there. Just drop the spare me's below. Yeah. Spare me's over right now. Big over. Um, Jake's takes. Just need a goal. Just need a goal right now. Just need a goal. I feel bad. All right, Jake, go watch the fucking game. Uh, we're out of here. Tyler, any final thoughts? Please, Bruins win. I've never go seen Bruins. Jake so down in my life. Yeah, go Bruins, please. Go Bruins, please win. Uh, go Bruins. All right, we'll see you on Thursday. Buenas noches, amigos.